Don't ever laugh as a hearse goes by, for you may be the next to die. They wrap you up in bloody sheets to drop you six feet underneath. They put you in a pine wood box. In a world where the Midnight Train Podcast is at the top of the podcast game. One thing has the power to destroy everything they have worked for. This week, their world will come crumbling down as everything they've achieved will be tested and possibly destroyed due to the madness that is... Cursed Movies. Hello, passengers! And welcome to the Midnight Train Podcast, where we bring the dark uh, to light. Yeah. You mean the mysterious. We make fun of and joke <laughs> about creepy shit while bringing you as much information on each topic as possible. Yes, we are a comedy podcast. And, uh, you know. Well, we think we are. Well, well. <laughs> I think you're funny. And shit can get pretty dark. So if you're not into that, listen, no hard feelings. Yeah. You know, you can you can simply turn us off and just walk away and go listen to something else. It's fine. Or well, just grow right? up and don't. Bye. Right. But if you are, thank you for being just as twisted and fucked up as we are. I am your host, the conductor of the cryptic, Jonathan Sayer. And with me always are my co-hosts, Mr. Moody and yeah. Logan. Yeah. Woo. Hi, guys. Here we go. Hey. Yeah. <laughs> hey. And of course, we're going to save all the business bullshit until the end. So let's just get into this. Let's turn down the lights, adjust our seats, grab a drink, and let's get cursed. But first, here's a new drink pop toast to all you beautiful motherfuckers. <laughs> That'd be good. Or saxophone. He needs to hit right there. With, with saxophone? Yeah. And bagpipes. Yeah. I'm into it. Saxophone and bagpipes. Oh, uh, what a combo. Oh. Ooh. Yeah. All right. So I had to write our own drink pop because, unfortunately, even though it was from a free website that said, hey, listen, royalty-free music, and I really like that beat we used to use. Yeah, it was great. They said, uh, we can't use it. So, <laughs> fuck them. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, tonight on the Midnight Train, we are combining two of our favorite things, this podcast and lots and lots of beer. Yeah. Uh, it's, uh, I don't, that, that's like a normal night for us. Uh, oh, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. We do that. We that's yeah. every every week yeah, for us. Yeah. Uh, actually, it's this podcast and yeah. movies. Hey. So, so yes, yes. This is one of your favorite things. This podcast. Yes, this oh. is just one of my favorite things. Well, yeah, all right. It's not yours. Sure it is. <laughs> so listen, in true Midnight Train fashion, we can't just talk about movies here, okay? Because we talk about movies all the time. We're going to talk about cursed movies. Cursed. Cursed movies. movies. That's right. We're going to look at movies that, for one reason or another, have led to tragedy during and after the movies were made. Supposed tragedy. Supposedly. Supposedly. <laughs> Everything is on the table from health issues like yeah, cancer, sure. accidental deaths yep. while filming, uh, people going crazy after filming, yep. 
and just about everything else you can think of. Okay. Yeah. Uh, um, should be fun and, you know, a creepy bunions? ride. Huh? Bunions? You say buttons? Bunions. Bunions. Yes. Ooh, you hit me in my pinky toe. <laughs> <laughs> it should be fun and creepy. To, you know, discussing all these movies with you guys. And in uh, in case you're wondering, yes, we're still going to have a movies list at the end of the show like we always yeah, do. Yeah, we are. We are. Yes. I, I, uh, I found a good one. I think it's fun. It's going to be one. the uh, top movies that uh, Moody has stroked it to. Yeah. Yeah. There's only one. <laughs> oh, re- really? What is it? Yeah, I'm not telling you. Oh, damn it. Oh, we got to wait till the end. have to wait and listen. Got to wait till the end. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to start it with a big one since we've just covered this subject matter, uh, you know, uh, of the film. The first cursed movie on our list is The Exorcist. Oh. Yeah. Now, uh, again, and, and and pardon me if I'm incorrect on this. You probably are. Logan, you've never seen The Exorcist, correct? Uh, that is correct. Okay. So the filming of The Exorcist was done over nine months. Okay. Ago? Not nine, no, during like nine months. Oh, a total of nine months God. is what they recorded. Same amount of time it takes to have a baby. Yes. Wait, really? Well, he knows more about that than he does The Exorcist. <laughs> hey <laughs> Or does he? Uh, I, mean, I don't know. So the main set, a reproduction of the Georgetown home, was built in a warehouse in New York. During the filming, several curious incidents and accidents took place oh. on the set and plagued those involved with the production. In addition, the budget of the film rose from five million dollars to more than twice that amount. Oh my! Obviously, any film production that lasts for more than a month or so will see its share of accidents and mishaps. But The Exorcist seems to have been particularly affected by unforeseeable calamities. Okay, I, lo- cala- I love that word, calamity. That's a great word, calamity, Jane. Yeah, yeah, that's good. So, is this a coincidence? I don't know. Is it? Maybe. But, or was it Satan? <laughs> maybe. But it left the cast and crew. Hey, guys, we're talking about demons again? <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> He's back. Calm down, Udum, or nah, whatever your fine. name is. Don't worry about me. I'll be over here. <laughs> Edom. That is the name. Yeah, yeah, Edom. Yeah. So the first incident occurred around 2.30 a.m. one Sunday morning when a fire broke That's out That's what my dentist set. appointment was. That's why. 2.30? Shut the fucking... I'm more upset that I missed that. That's I'm, I'm actually more upset that I missed that. The boo? Yes. Yep. Son yep. of a bitch. Yep. Yep. No, the joke. Uh, tooth hurty. Nope. That's a doctor's favorite or a dentist's favorite time. Yep. Tooth hurty. I just missed, I missed the boo. Get it. For those of you that don't get it, tooth hurty. Get it? Anyway. So anyway, a fire broke out on set. There was only one security guard at oh the, uh, is it Seiko or Kiko? I don't fucking know. Is it Kiko? Cos- Whatever. Costco? Yes, Costco. 54th Street Studios, when the McNeil house set, uh, it actually caught on fire. Yeah, yeah. And it burned. So the fire was the result of a bad electrical out- uh, circuit, but it shut down filming for six fucking weeks. So also Ooh. rumor has it, I read in certain spots that... Rumor every- has it. I'm about to do that, <laughs> damn it. <laughs> everything burned except for Reagan's bedroom. Wait. I heard that as well. Yeah. Really? Supposedly. Yeah, I heard that as well. Supposedly. 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 <laughs> so, ironically, as soon as the new set was ready, the sprinkler system broke down and it <laughs> caused an additional two-week delay. Yeah. Oof. So just all kinds Good of shit. Good start. Just all kinds of shit happening. So a few of the actors in the film escaped personal troubles during the shoot. Just as Max von Sydow, who oh, played so Father Marin. He's so good. And he everything. is amazing. He touched down in New York to film his first scenes. He received a phone call saying that his brother died unexpectedly in Sweden. It sucks. Oh, that does suck. Ugh. 
Wait, is Father Marin the guy who like has sex with the the demon? What? None of them have. What are you? What movie are you referring? That's where. Oh wait, that scary movie. Oh boy. Oh damn. My bad. That's my James bad. Wood in that one. Yep, I'm, my bad. I'm, I'm going home. <laughs> <laughs> so Von Sydow himself later became very ill during the filming. Irish actor Jack McGowan, who played uh, Burke Dennings, died only one week after his character was killed by the demon in the movie. Ugh. Mm. That's fucked up. Jason Miller, who played Father Carras, was stunned. Carras. Huh? It's Father Carras. It's Carras. No, it's not. It's Carras, my ass. Caras, my ass. Hate you. All right. Karras was stunned when his young son Jordan was struck down on an empty beach by a motorcyclist who appeared out of nowhere. What? He was hit by a guy on a motorcycle? On a beach. What the fuck is going on? What? That is fucked up. Well, good news here. Yeah. The boy almost died. Mm. Oh. Right. So that's the good news. Yeah, yeah. All right. Ellen Burstyn, who played uh, Chris McNeil, wrenched her back badly during one scene when she was slapped by the possessed girl. That happens to me all the time. Yep. Mm. The stunt went badly awry, and she was laid up in bed for several weeks afterward, causing more delays in the filming. They actually had a rig attached to her where a guy off screen would pull a rope that was tied to her to get her, get that whole, you know, smacked hard as shit and launched across the room thing. Yeah, I love that. I love that. I always wanted to have that done to me. Apparently, the the director didn't like the first take or two and told the guy with the rope to yoke the living piss out of her. He got a shot and she screwed up her fucking back. Yeah, it's like they, they, you know what, dude? Sometimes when you see her go flying across the room, literally that dude was like, and And he fucked her up. Yeah, fucked her up pretty bad. Yeah, fucked her back up. Okay, okay. In New York, one of the carpenters accidentally cut off his thumb on the set and like one, the band? Yeah, like it was yeah. <laughs> Isn't that what we're talking about? Cursed music, right? C- cursed what? <laughs> no, car- not those carpenter. carpenters. Oh. An actual carpenter. He actually cut off Was it Jesus? <laughs> I I don't think so. Wasn't Jesus a carpenter? He was. All right. I did he lose his thumb? Got a wedgie. I'm gonna pick it right now. Oh, that's great. There we go. Please don't shake my hand later. <laughs> That's your mic, dude. Do whatever you want. Yeah. So anyway, he cut off his thumb on the set, and one of the lighting technicians actually lost a fucking toe. Jeez. This was all over the news at the time due to the mix-up at the Jesus hospital. Christ. Where they put the wrong appendages on the wrong patients. Did they put dude's thumb on the dude's toe? Yep. They switched the toe for the thumb. That is amazing. Yeah. And if you believe that, well, I'm not even sorry a little bit because it's not right. Oh, God damn it. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> anyway, the exorcist location. I thought it was amazing that they lost a thumb and a toe at the same time. and then <laughs> Can you imagine them switching it off? And you just I mean, gotta... But that's what they do when you lose a thumb. They take your big toe and put it on your thumb. Dude, my my big toe is way bigger than my thumb. <laughs> Same. That would look so just <laughs> gross. You should just get them to switch them anyways. <laughs> <laughs> just thumb toe. What's up, thumb toe? Nah, I'm not doing that. So the uh, the extra, uh, the, the oh location trip to Iraq was oh. delayed from the spring. Oh, that's which, from the beginning of the movie. Right, which is and relatively cool. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, to July, of course, they moved from, you know, spring to July. Oh, July in Iraq. I'm in Iraq, sure that's yeah. nice, yeah. The hottest part of the summer when the temperature rose to 130 oh. degrees and higher. Very nice. Out of the 18-man crew that was sent there, Friedkin, that was the director, lost the services of nine of them. Oh, my goodness. At one time or another due to dysentery, which oh. is, you know, super shitty. Literally. Or sunstroke. <laughs> Literally super shitty? Get super shitty. 
I get you. See? You can't get puns by me. Uh, I, I catch that stuff. Yeah, I'm like you. Yeah, it's pretty punny. Foul play. Pretty punny. Chickens. <laughs> Dude, I, that was fucked up. <laughs> so to make matters worse, the bronze statue of the Neo-Assyrian winged demon Pazazu. Uh, Pazuzu. That's what I said. Isuzu? Isuzu. That's a truck yeah. company, isn't it? Yeah, it yeah, was, a, it was a, a toy car in the movie. The Isuzu. Yeah, it's a Subaru. It's a trooper. Isuzu trooper. Trooper, that's what it yeah. was. Ah, nice. Well, it was packed in a 10-foot crate. It got lost in an air shipment from Los Angeles and ended up in Hong Kong, which caused another two-week probably, delay. Imagine people in Hong Kong are like, what the fuck is this thing? Oh, it probably shut down the whole country. Yeah. <laughs> They're like, oh, no, no. Yeah, we're not doing that. So, quote, I don't know if it was a jinx, really, actress Ellen Burstyn later said, but there were some really strange goings on during the making of the film. We were dealing with some really heavy material, and you don't fool around with that kind of material without it manifesting in some way. There were many deaths in the film. Mm. Linda's grandfather died. The assistant cameraman's wife had a baby that died. Oh, oh God. Wow. Jesus, dude. The man who refrigerated the set died. The janitor who took care of the building was shot and killed. Oh, my God. What the fuck? And, and she goes on to say, I think overall there were nine deaths during the course of the film, which is an incredible amount. It was scary. Unholy shit, Batman. Nine fucking people? Nine times? <laughs> Nine times. <laughs> That's insane. Things got so bad that William Friedkin... Uh, Friedkin. William Friedkin. William Friedkin. Friedkin. Yes. Friedkin. Friedkin. He took some drastic measures. Oh, did he? Yep. Okay. Father Thomas uh, Birmingham. Oh. SJ from the Jesuit community. Oh, the SJ's back. Yeah, they're back. Do you remember what that stands for? <laughs> Shitty job. Shitty job. Yeah. It's something Jesuit, right? It's senior Jesuit, isn't it? Senior Jesuit? <laughs> hey, senior. I thought it was, yeah, senior. Yeah, isn't uh, yep, it? Yep, yep, yep. Yeah, yep, okay. Yep. From the Jesuit community of Fordham University, had been hired as a technical advisor for the film, along with Father John Nicola, who, while not a Jesuit. Nicola. <laughs> Nicola. While he was not a Jesuit, had been taught. By Jesuit the, uh, theologians at oh. St. Mary of the Lake Seminary in Mundelein, Illinois. Uh, mm. Mundelein, Illinois. That's beautiful. right. Fun this time of year, Mundelein is beautiful. Is it? <laughs> Probably not. Have you? Have, do you know of Mundelein? I've never heard of it before in my life. It's kind of fucked up. You're talking about shit you don't know, dude. If you're out there and you're from Mundelein, <laughs> first of all. Send us pictures. What the fuck? <laughs> I don't even know where that's at. Is that like north? <laughs> I don't know. So freaking came. Where the fuck is Illinois? Yeah. <laughs> Does it exist? Friedkin came to Birmingham and asked him to exercise the set. The priest was unable to perform an actual exorcism, but he did give a solemn blessing in a ceremony that was attended by everyone then on set, from oh. Max von Sydow to the technicians Very and nice. grips. Okay. So everybody got together. Yeah. They were like, a lot of people are dying. Maybe this, we should do this. This set <laughs> is clear. This this set is clear. <laughs> So, quote, nothing else happened on the set after the blessing, Birmingham stated. The blessing! <laughs> Jesus Christ! Did the room clear out? Hell no. She means presents. You shouldn't have brought presents. <laughs> oh, this is going to be a disaster. So Fuck! Uh... So, he did say, <laughs> but around that time, there was a fire in the Jesuit residence set in Georgetown. Oh. So they took it home oh, with shit, them. shit, son. Yeah. The Jesuits came in and were like, it's all clear. And they took it home with them and their shit burned down. Kind of like, fucked I up. I told you guys not to go. Kind of fucked up. And while nothing else tragic occurred on the set, 
Strange events and odd coincidences were reported during the post-production work on the film. Oh. Quote, there were strange images and visions that showed up on film that were never planned, Freakin oh later claimed. Oh. He goes on to say, there are double exposures in the little girl's face at the end of one reel that are unbelievable. Oh. Wow. <laughs> so what do you guys think about that? Yeah. That's pretty, uh, pretty good, huh? Spooky. Yeah. So as we talked about, it's it's mysterious. <laughs> Very mysterious. As we talked about in previous episodes, the film opened on December 26, 1973 to massive crowds. Right after Christ. That's right. Within weeks of the first public screenings of the film, stories started to make the rounds that audience members were fainting and vomiting in theaters. There were also reports of disturbing nightmares and reportedly several theater ushers had to be placed under a doctor's care or quit their jobs after experiencing successive showings of the movie. Wow. In numerous cities that were checked after The Exorcist had run for several weeks, reporters found that every major hospital had been forced to deal with patients who reported, after seeing the film, severe cases of vomiting and hallucinations. (laughs) There were also reports of people being carried out of the theaters in stretchers. So what do you guys think? Do you guys think it was uh, just publicity stunts or uh, was this the real thing? I could only dream of ever doing something that would make that many people vomit. (laughs) (laughs) You just got to show up, dude. Yeah, Yeah, but no one's going to come if I'm there. Or scratch your ass while we're recording. (laughs) Scratch my ass. I picked a wedgie. By the way, they actually came out and said that the majority of the stuff that came out for, uh, you know, all the vomiting and all the people passing out and the the ambulance, they literally had the ambulances outside of the theaters. It's it's publicity. It was all publicity. That whole thing. Yeah. I mean, there there probably was some people that were like, oh my God. Because it's a great. I'm sure there was people that were like, oh, like, definitely fucked up. Yeah. And if you see someone even pretending to throw up next to you, you might gag a little bit, you know what I mean? <laughs> right. You might you might just dry heave us. Dude, and think little. about think about it though too. Back at that at that point in time, people were way more way more religious than they are these days too. So there's a lot of people that were real into religion, like watch that, just being like, "Oh dear, <laughs> oh dear, I can't believe this is happening." Can't this, believe her head just turned around and she spit pea soup everywhere. <laughs> this could really happen. <laughs> dear God, what's wrong with that girl? <laughs> She needs Jesus. <laughs> so the info for that cursed movie yes. came from a great article in the American Hauntings Inc.com, which is INK. INK, yeah. Com. I uh, I kinda just just real quick, I want to give that website a shout out. There's like I kinda perused the website after Ooh. it's it's good. There's some cool shit on it. You there, did man. some perusing, did you? I perused, yes. Did you really? Yes. Oh, that's good. It was an unwanted perusing, I'm sure. Did you have pants on while you perused? Probably not. Oh, okay. Well. You're lucky I have pants on now. Thank God. Are so, we lucky, though? <laughs> Next up, know. we're going to dive into a sweet little movie. Sorry, my face decided to run away. Um, a sweet little movie about a tree, a child's toy, yeah. and real skeletons in a fucking swimming pool. Oh. Got it. See that shit? Yeah. Yeah. That's right. You guessed it. That was it. the hand I picked my wedgie with. It's dancing. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. It's not. I'm just, I'm just. So you guessed it. It's Poltergeist. The curse of Poltergeist spawned many theories about why the movie and its sequels were cursed with so much tragedy. Tragedy. Yes. With one suggesting the use of real life human bones in the original film causing Oof. the hauntings. Oof. Which, come on. Oof. Come on. Come on. So actress Joe Beth Williams, who played the mother, Diane Freeling, is seen dropping into a pool of skeletons in one spooky scene, you know, at the end. And she later reveals that the bones were real. She told TV Land, quote, 
In my innocence and naivete, I assumed that these were not real skeletons. I mean, that's a pretty good assumption, though. She says, uh, quote, I assumed that they were prop skeletons made, made out of uh, plastic or rubber. I found out, as did the crew, that they were using real skeletons because it's far too expensive to make fake skeletons out of rubber. And it is. So let me get this straight. It's cheaper to get fucking real skeletons, human bones, than yeah. it is to get a fake one? Absolutely. Dude, in the movie that Human Nicolas, bones are lying around everywhere. In the movie that Nicolas Cage did with all those freaking guns that he sold, it was cheaper to buy real guns and tanks than it was to buy props. Because they have to be made. Yeah. Yeah. That shit expensive, bro. Yeah, I'm just saying. They like, could have gone to spirit. Dude, sons die all uh, the people die all the time, man. You know what I mean? Like, there's bones laying everywhere. Did you say spirit? Like the airline? No, the Halloween store. Oh. They're probably more expensive. Not now, but back then. You know what I mean? Or you could just go to a grave and just dig some shit up. Maybe that's what they did. Maybe. I mean, it's, yeah, maybe. Maybe. So just four months after the film's release, tragedy struck with actress Dominique Dunn, who played the family's eldest daughter, Dana, who became the victim of a grisly murder. And this is fucked up. On the day before Halloween in uh, 1982, the actress, who was 22, was actually strangled to death by her ex-boyfriend, John Thomas Sweeney, outside of their home in West Hollywood. She survived the attack. Oh boy. The attack, but was left in a coma. She never regained consciousness and died five days later. That's shitty. Sweeney was later convicted of voluntary manslaughter and spent three and a half years of a six year, six year it? sentence behind bars for the killing. Jesus. He changed his name to John Mara. That's M A U R A. So if you guys want to let him know that uh, we think he's a fucking twat, I mean, we can't stop you, right? Fuck we that don't recommend it. Yeah, I'm not saying but, to do it. But however, you know, that's, you're a grown ass adult. So. That's J O H N M A U R A. We can't <laughs> tell you. We can't stop you. Right. I mean, I'm not telling you we're, to do it. We're not condoning it. <laughs> <laughs> wink a wink. A, is that the wink? Is that the wink? Anyway, fuck that guy. Like three years for killing somebody. Yeah, right. It's Dude, fucking. If I could get three years for killing people, I mean. You'd be doing it all day, with Fuck you? Fucking right, man. Oh, my God. You know how many people you could get in and still not get life? <laughs> <laughs> Can you that's imagine if that's all you got? I'm just saying, dude. If that's all you got was three years? Yeah. There's some places, some countries, the maximum you can get is 20. Well, what is it? Uh, is it Brazil? I think it's Brazil. Damn it. I think it's Brazil. 20 years in a waxing? I think it's 20. <laughs> and everything must go. Um, I think it's I think it's like either 25 or 35 years. And there was a dude, and I'd love to do a bonus episode on this guy, who literally like went around murdering like, they think it's like 80 some people. And he still got out. There's a dude, there's a dude down there. They're still looking for him. Um, he's killed. He killed like, they think he's killed 400 something people. He's been in jail twice. And he's gotten out both times. Like, because the sentences were up. It might be the same guy I'm thinking about yeah, then. That's ridiculous. That might be. Yeah. Like he was he's in like Columbia. And yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. That's it. Yeah, yeah. He actually then, got caught by Columbia. And then, yeah, they, and then he got out at one point and then they haven't seen him since. Yeah. He could still be killing people. He's like, we, we actually, we talked about this. At one it was point in the unsolved. It was in the current serial killers. Yeah. Bonus that I was. Yeah. Writing. Yeah. Did we ever do that bonus? Yeah. I don't know. I don't remember. I don't remember. <laughs> I think, I don't know. I drink a lot. Who knows? <laughs> So in the years after the film's release, movie bosses, you know, they decided to plow right ahead with plans for a sequel and a poltergeist to the other side hit cinemas in 1986. 
Among the cast was Will Sampson, best known for playing Chief Bromden in One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. Want to talk to Sampson? Right. Right across from Jack Nicholson. You know, that guy. Yeah, yeah. yeah that unknown actor nobody knows about. The actor cast as a uh, as Shaman Taylor in the movie was concerned about the use of real skeletons in the first film and offered to perform a real life exorcism. He's like, wait a minute, you guys did what? <laughs> They'll yeah. take care of yeah, it. Yeah, like, how about we do something real quick? So he's believed to have conducted the ceremony alone and in the middle of the night, but the cast reportedly felt relieved afterwards. So he was just by himself at night. He was just jerking off. Yeah, just like, on set. This? <laughs> this can be hilarious. <laughs> However, less than a year after the film's release, the curse had claimed another victim. Samson had long... <laughs> Samson, Samson. <laughs> I want to talk to Samson. Ah, shit. Anyway, Samson had long-term health problems as he suffered from a degenerative uh, condition called, oh boy, scleroderma, which affected his heart and lungs. He underwent a heart and lung transplant in the summer of 1987, but died of post-operative kidney failure on June 3rd. Damn. That sucks. Wait, the guy that did the exorcism died? Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's yeah, fucked. That'll fucking teach you to meddle. Yeah, that's kind of fucked. <laughs> you should not meddle in some certain affairs, my friend. Yeah. Okay, so this one is sad, and you've probably heard of it, and if you haven't, my apologies in advance. The most famous victim of the Poltergeist curse was Heather O'Rourke. She appeared as Carol Ann in the first two films, as well as the third installment, Poltergeist 3, which hit cinemas in 1988. She died just four months before the movie's release at only 12 years of age. Wow. Yeah, it sucks. And if you've seen the movies, you guys know who she is. It's Carol Ann. I've She's... never seen the other. I've only seen the first one. Really? <laughs> Second. I, actually, I like them all. I, I genuinely like them you all. Would. Yeah. Well, I, you know, I'm a dork, so I, I'm into that. No, I've never seen the other two. It's just, it's. You guys know her. She's the little girl with the blonde hair. Yeah. That's her. Go yeah. to the light, Caroline. Yeah. Caroline. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that's her. It's good. Yeah, you like that? Yeah, yeah thanks. So in January of 1988, Heather fell ill with what appeared to be flu-like symptoms. She collapsed at home the following day and was rushed to the hospital. Ugh. She suffered a cardiac arrest, but doctors were able to revive her and they diagnosed her with intestinal stenosis, a partial obstruction of the intestine. Hmm. She underwent surgery. This is at 12 years old, by the way. Hmm. She underwent surgery, but went into cardiac arrest again in recovery and doctors were unable to save her. She passed away in February of 1988, just weeks after her 12th birthday and it was later reported she died from congenital stenosis and septic shock. Yeah. Absolutely fucking heartbreaking. And if you guys get a chance, and what stemmed this whole episode we're doing right now is uh, the cursed movies. I told you that I watched that uh, yeah, you, that yeah, TV show or, whatever. show or whatever. And um, they were they actually had people on there that like they did not want like the crew was like fuck this we're not doing this movie. Like she's gone. We cannot continue to do this. Like we're, we're we don't want to do it. And it was the fucking um, the uh, the movie studio was like, no, 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 we're going to go ahead and do this. We're going to keep going with it. I know. How fucked up is that? Yeah. Now, listen, am I happy? <sighs> it sucks that she passed away tremendously. But when you look at the, the movies, you actually have something to remember her by. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? And when you know about her story, you can kind of look at it from a different aspect as opposed to like they're just a bunch of money hungry fucking assholes. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So at least she has a she has a legacy. Legacy, you know? yeah. even at, at twelve years of age, she yeah. still has that legacy, and it's it's fucking heartbreaking, man. Like there were dudes like uh, getting interviewed that were like, 
bawling, bawling their eyes out, like bawling. Like, dude, it was one of the hardest things I've ever had to deal with because you're dealing with this little girl on set all the fucking time. And then all of a sudden this horrible thing happens to her. Yeah. Like, yeah, I could only imagine. Ugh. Ugh. Anyway, character actor Lou Perryman became the second cast member to fall victim to murder. Yay. Murder. <laughs> Poltergeist is just killing it. Get it? He played Pugsley in the original movie and suffered a brutal end in 1992 when he was hacked to death with an axe. What the fuck? At the age of 67. Jesus. Holy shit. Wow. A convict recently released from prison, Seth Christopher Tatum, confessed, confessed, confessed that he killed uh, Perryman at his home after coming off his medication and going on a drinking binge. Tatum pleaded guilty to his murder in 2011 and was sentenced to life in prison. 2011? Yeah. Wow. If I'm not mistaken, yeah, well, it says... Uh, he died in 92. Wait a minute. Oh, I was like, uh, are we sure that's 2011, not 2001? I don't know. I just I wrote down what I read, man. Either way, fuck him. He's in prison. What's his name? His name would be Seth Christopher Tatum. Channing Tatum? Tatum uh, Channing Tatum's brother, actually. Oh. Yeah. It's not. I'm kidding. <laughs> yeah. God, everyone's like, let's what? Not, let's not get sued. <laughs> yeah, let's one. not. Do you want to get sued? No, it's not. I don't believe so. Yes, yeah, Seth Christopher not Tatum. Particularly. Ah, sorry, I'm drinking that delicious stout. So actor Richard uh, uh, Richard Lawson played one of the parapsychologists, Ryan, in the original film. Not the guy who ate the uh, the chicken with the maggots, and you're welcome for that. And Wait, what? Uh, in Poltergeist. The guy, there was one of the... Oh, yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah one, one of the guys, and the pork, the pork, quick, yeah. the pork chop was, like, yeah, going across. Was, yeah. Dude, that fucked me up as a kid. That and him picking his face off. Yeah, the the face scene. That fucking... fucked me up. <laughs> yeah. And he came close to becoming another victim of the curse in 1992. He was involved in a terrifying plane crash in 92 when the U.S. Air, uh, US Air Flight 504 crashed into New York City's Flushing Bay en route to guess where? Cleveland, friggin' Ohio. Yeah. Yep, coming the, here. The plane didn't even want to come here. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, no. <laughs> no. So the crash claimed the lives of, oh, that's not funny, 27 of the 51 passengers, but Lawson was one of uh, the survivors, which is awesome. Damn, dude, I don't, I don't, do you remember that? No. Remember I don't hearing about that? I don't remember that no, at all. Not at all. 92? No. I mean, Chainsaw was still, what, 80? He probably had Alzheimer's by then. Yeah. Oh, that's sad. He put his lucky escape down to a last minute seat change that actually saved his life, Lawson here. Lawson went on to be part of showbiz royalty when he married Beyonce's mother, Tina Knowles, in 2015. Whoa! So he's wow. he's he's Beyonce's stepdaddy. That's uh it's pretty awesome. Oh. So info for that movie right there was taken actually from mirror.co.uk. Just giving the uh props out there. What is are you finding information on that guy? Yes. What do we got? I'm just looking right now. See how we got. What's it say? Just looking to see what we got over here. <laughs> He's 28 years old. Yeah, 2009. He pled guilty. Ex killing of Austin character actor Louis Louis Byron Perryman. He's 28 years old. He said little in the courtroom during the hearing. He sat quietly beside his lawyer at the uh, defense table. So wait a minute. Did he? So, did they not catch him for years afterwards? Is that what happened? Uh, it said uh, Tatum came upon Perriman's house in uh, South Austin by chance. And uh, 
after you. <laughs> I can't even listen to you do that. So wait, wait, wait. wait oh my god, that drives me crazy. <laughs> was this in 2001 or 2011? Hold That's on, I'm not. He's shut there. up. Well, hurry it up. <laughs> Authority said that Tatum, Tatum came. You don't pay me at all. Exactly. <laughs> Tatum came upon Perriman's house in South Austin by chance after he attacked his mother's ex-boyfriend with garden shears. Oh shit! Oh Jesus! And an iron fireplace poker. What? Earlier that day, on April first, two thousand. So he killed him in two thousand nine as well. So the original thing where it says he killed him in ninety two is incorrect. Is wrong. <clears throat> yeah. Well, that's fucked up. So he killed him in 2009, pled guilty in 2011, I guess. Yeah. This is bullshit. Yeah, so that's, okay, uh, well, he's in jail, yeah. so whatever. Fuck him. He killed, uh, he killed him for his car. and. Uh, oh, my God, stop it. They reached a plea agreement. Stop and, it. Uh, it's so weird. It's like that ASMR well. shit. I can't stand it. And, uh, he was sentenced to 20 years under Ugh. the deal. The sentences were run consecutively. All right. <laughs> uh, he must serve at least 40 years before he could be released on Talk parole. slower. <laughs> Uh, anyway, next up, how about, let's see, how about The Omen? All right. Now, listen, the 2,976 version, actually, 2,976 version, of of course, we're talking about. Which, the 2,976 Yeah, version? obviously, because Moody is Please a time tell, traveler. Is that what it says in there? <laughs> yep, it said that. And I left it there because I thought it was hilarious. Well, I'm sure they'll be remaking it in that anyways. Because he's a time traveler and saw the upcoming remake, 955 friggin' years in the future. Nice. No, actually, it was... In oh. 1976. Man, you got my hopes oh, up, dude. Not yeah. 2000. How do you say that when it becomes 2000? Do you say 2976? Yeah. Instead of 1976, you say 2976? Yeah. Oh, all right. What else would you say? 2,976. <laughs> 2,976. Wait, you're from, you're from 2,976. We all talk really quiet in the future, okay? Just do this the entire time. There's these, these aliens. You can't be quiet. Does it, does it work if I go? Oh, and we have it set too high. I can't even do it. To do? You can do it on yours. A little click, 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 click on the front. <laughs> it's so weird. So anyway, no, it was 1976. The Omen. Of all the world's cursed film productions, The Omen is considered to have one of the worst movie curses of all time. Oh, my Lord. Yes. The 1976 film tells the story of a man who accidentally adopts Damien the Antichrist <laughs> as his son, and the movie remains one of horror's most successful franchises. Hey, uh, looking to adopt a child. Do you have any, uh, well, I don't know, uh... Satan? <laughs> you have any antichrists? You don't happen to have the son of the devil here, do you? Because if you do, I'll him, take him. Him, the one with the black eyes? Yeah, I like him. Yeah, that's that's he's he looks he's he's handsome. I like him. But what was so odious about the set that led producers to believe the devil was punishing them for making the movie? Is the omen really cursed? Cursed. The omen film set <clears throat> haunting uh includes uh death, okay, injury. All right. Oh, wow. And lots of lightning bolts. Ooh, lightning bolts. After all, the creator himself warned the cast and crew that Satan wasn't going to like what they were doing. Okay, let's let's just stop on that real quick. So you're 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 filming a movie, mm -hmm. and the director comes on. And he's like, Ah, attention, everyone! Mm -hmm. I want to thank you for all being here, and uh, you know, you're all some splendid actors, and you know, the key grip and everything. You guys are fantastic. However, I do need to let you know. Mm -hmm. Satan's probably not going to like this. Oh, okay, 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 gotcha, gotcha. So if anyone here needs to leave, yes, you with your hand up, yes? Uh, I was just wondering. Yes. Uh, does that mean we're going to die? No. Well, I, I can't say no to that. 
but I think we'll be okay. I think. Well, I mean, okay, but uh... I, I think. But if you need to leave, just remember you signed a contract, and we're moving on. Okay. Do I still get paid? Of course. Okay. Just hail Satan. Anyway. Hail <laughs> You know what I mean? It's just so fucked up that he would actually say that. So anyway, so moving on. So here's what happened behind the scenes of the Omen movie and why, despite its several sequels and a 2006 remake, it remains one of history's movies that indeed may have angered the old red guy himself. Clifford. Yes. Clifford? Clifford. Clifford. Yeah, that's what I'm talking hey, about. <laughs> <laughs> that's Clifford. how Clifford talks. Can you know no, the, no, the remaking Clifford, right? No, that's from fucking <laughs> live action Park. Clifford movie. Oh, oh, can you imagine? <laughs> Let's just say, hold on, ready? Um, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for being here. You know, uh, uh, actors, you're all great actors. You're all amazing. Key grip, you also. However, this may piss off Clifford the uh, large dog. <laughs> <laughs> it would just take an entirely different turn. Oh, God. So in June of 1975... What, what are you doing? What are you doing? We're experimenting oh. in the middle of the show. In 1975, Gregory Peck's son... This is not funny. This is actually fucked up. Jonathan Peck, he actually killed himself with a bullet to the head Ooh. two months before filming was to start. And then several strange you know events that sounds like? then surrounded the production. What? An omen. Wait, where's the button? <laughs> Not that one. Oh, I don't know the buttons. We don't, we don't have that button anymore. <laughs> no, we still have it. I was doing the dun Or that. That's fine. That's fucked up, though. So for protection no, on this, uh, it that's is. It's absolutely awful. horrible. But so, seriously, that's like a bad omen. Dude. Like, super. Really. Yeah, well, yeah. Like you're working on a movie about Satan called, called the, the omen. omen. Yeah. And then two weeks before that happens. <laughs> it, I probably would not have done it. <laughs> To be honest after with the you. after the producer yeah was like bro satan not going to like this yes yes so uh I don't know, man. so wait a minute um satan not a big fan hey uh <laughs> i heard what happened to mr peck's son no 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 is no, no, no. still uh no listen is this this doesn't it, sound good no every, it, it, listen i talked to satan myself Okay, and okay. He, he said that as long as we don't, you know, trample too hard on his legacy, then we should be fine. So we're not allowed to make fun of him? Let's just, uh, what is your job here again? <laughs> Pretty sure it's going to be nothing because this is <laughs> bullshit. <laughs> I'm fucking out. <laughs> so for protection on the set of the Omen, Bernard wore a Coptic cross. Okay. What is a Coptic cross? That is a cross that's Coptic. Oh, that explains everything. <laughs> yes, that makes perfect sense. I actually have no idea what that is. I will look it up right yeah, now. Yeah, thank you. You keep going. In an interview, Bernard spoke about the production's eerie events, which included the death of an animal trainer. Jesus. Oh, yeah, that's brutal. Precisely one day after they shot the sequence involving the baboons at the animal center. This is fucked up, by the way. Yeah. Bernard said that a tiger seized the animal trainer by the head, causing his death immediately. What the fuck? That is a Coptic cross. Do me a favor. Throw it up online real fast and let people know what a Coptic cross is. Okay. It'll be on the socials, folks. On I'm our, sure other people know. We're on just our, idiots. On our social. You know what I'm saying? I just, I just think it'd be awesome. Anyway. It symbolizes life, by the way. Is that what it is? That's what it says, yeah. How fucked up is that, man? The guy did a, a freaking thing. Yeah, he the, protected everybody from baboons. And then a 
tiger and then a just, tiger bit his face off. Jesus. Should have killed him like instantly. Yeah. Well, at least it probably just crushed his fucking skull. At least it was instantly. If there's one positive takeaway from that, I guess. At least it didn't suffer. I'm surprised I guess. the baboons didn't get him. Yeah, the baboons. Yeah. The ba- <laughs> baboons. <laughs> By the way, I hear they're vicious fuckers. The baboons oh, are assholes. Yeah. Do you like the way I say it? The baboons. The baboons. <laughs> One of the most haunting stories surrounding the omen didn't happen during the shoot. Oh. But during the production of the World War II epic A Bridge Too Far. Oh. John Richardson, who did special effects on the omen, was involved in a head-on collision that beheaded his girlfriend. Oh, boy. Eerily mirroring the decapitation scene with David Warner. Oh, my. Oh. Supposedly after the crash, Richardson saw a street sign that said, Omen... O-M-M-E-N, 66.6 kilometers. This accident occurred after the Omen had wrapped production, but many, of course, linked it to the evil aura of the film. That is fucked. If that's that's true, I also read something else. I also read something else that he said uh, that it was, he was near the town where the Omen was filmed, and it it said 66.6 kilometers. So it didn't say... Then that omen or whatever it did, but he said whatever the town, wherever they filmed the omen was 66.6 miles away. So that's, there's two different things about that that I've read, but still disturbing. Oh, yeah. If you believe in the whole. If you believe they put a man on the moon, man on the moon. (laughs) (laughs) Drink up, fuckers. Several planes were also set ablaze, including the plane carrying Peck and screenwriter David Seltzer. Meanwhile, Bernard said they had to land in Nova Scotia after flying back from England. He added, quote, we had the film on board. Dick Donner and I were very, very nervous. That's Richard Donner. Yeah, Richard Donner. <laughs> yes. the, yeah. uh, he, the, he called him yeah. Dick. Well, yeah, they're, they're friends. So. It's a friends. When you're friends, it's Dick. <laughs> <laughs> you mind if I call you Dick? <laughs> I prefer you didn't. <laughs> so IRA bombs actually ripped through a hotel in which executive producer Mace Newfield and his wife stayed, and another in which prominent executives and stars, including Peck, were to have dinner. His name is Mace Fuck. Newfield? I know, that's pretty awesome. Wow. I, that's Mace. Is that short, like, for Mason? I don't know. Or is it just your name, Mace? Are you just Mace? named after a spiked ball? Yeah, dude. That's pretty awesome. Mace Sayer. Yeah. My name's Morningstar. Thank you. Oh, that is pretty good. Yeah, like yes, my name's Morningstar. Morningstar Sayer. Morningstar Sayer. I'm Morning it sounds like Star a hippie name Sayer. when you say it like that, though. No, Leaf and... Dude, I had went to school with a kid whose name was Leaf, and his parents were named were Rain and Tree. Okay? That's a hippie name. <laughs> <laughs> like Leaf Garrett? Yeah, but that's a... No, that's spelled differently. It's that's Leif, actually, right? That's, yeah, Leif. But Leif. it's pronounced Leaf. Leaf. Leif. What's her name? Blade of Grass. Yes. <laughs> Gone with the wind. <laughs> this is my sister. Petunia. <laughs> that actually sounds like a good name. It's like a real name, though. <laughs> I don't know. Petunia. I don't even know where the fuck that came from. <laughs> Her name was Petunia. Petunia. I wonder if, I wonder if there's anybody Petunia. out there listening whose name is Petunia. Wasn't that Porky Pig's girlfriend? Wasn't her name Petunia? <laughs> Petunia Pig. Dude, I will almost gar- I will almost guarantee you. Oh, Thank you. Petunia Google. Pig. So once word got back to Fox about all the terrible incidents that plagued production, the studio saw it as a great way to drum up a ton of publicity and add to the film's ominous aura. They also put a great tagline into the film's ad campaign. Ready? Yes. You have been warned. If something frightening happens to you today, think about it. It may be 
the omen. I think it went like this. I think it was, you have been warned. <laughs> something <laughs> Wait, say it without laughing. Come on, you got it. You can do it. You have been warned. It's something pretty. <laughs> I'm looking at you. I can't do it. All right, I'll it's not um, easy, is it? Um, it's not easy being cheesy. You have been warned. Something frightening happens to you today. Think about it. It may be the omen. That may have been exactly what it was. Also, it was Petunia Pig. Ah, look at me. Hey. Check out the guy who has a bunch of shit in his head that nobody cares about. As Donner <laughs> recalled in the omen, curse or coincidence, I'm assuming it's a documentary. Yes. Okay, quote, if we had been making a comedy, you would have recalled all the funny, great, ridiculous, silly moments that happened in that film. <laughs> right. If you're doing a love story, you'd remember all the times somebody left their wife, fell in love, you know. Oh. You're doing The Omen. Anything that happens on that film, you don't tell about the jokes. You don't talk about the love stories. You don't even talk or think about them. You think about things that coincidentally could have been uh, something to do with The Omen. We had a lot of them. And that makes sense. Yeah. Because yeah, yeah. you're involved in something you're that's involved in a movie that's you know the when the director comes and out yeah. and literally says, "Listen, we might piss off Clifford the dog. You're going to be upset." <laughs> Look, man, you just you remember the creepy things. You don't remember the good stuff because you're associating. Because it's a creepy movie. That's how your brain is. Yeah. We're, talking, we're talking about Satan, you know. Can you? That's so weird. <laughs> I'm never using that problem? microphone ever. <laughs> just so you know, I'm never going to use it. It's like making out with you. I don't understand what the problem. <laughs> You don't like this? <laughs> so creepy. This not even seeing you get on it right now. Let's not clear my voices. It's, it's pristine. Oh, it's beautiful. <laughs> it's like you're in my ear. <laughs> so next up, we have one of my <laughs> personal all-time favorites. Uh-oh. It's The Crow. Ooh. Love this. Logan, have you seen The Crow? Fire I it up. Fire it up. The fire song. it up. You, what song? There's a there's a song by Ice Nine Kills about The Crow. That's really good. Have you Have you seen the movie? There's a guy and a girl that get married, and some dude kills them, and they... Have come. you seen the movie? No, I have not seen the movie. <laughs> what the fuck? Oh, my God. Look at, you know what we're, we're going to start doing? We're going to do bonuses mm-hmm. where I introduce... We make him watch movies. Where he watches movies. I like it. Okay. Yeah, that's good. I think that's a good idea. Yeah. We just sit around and literally watch movies that he's never seen that everyone else in the fucking free world has. So all of them? Yeah. <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, everything. Okay, Jesus. I want to take a. I want to take a vote here, though. People, to do with it, how man. many of you have seen The Crow? I guarantee. I, I get ninety percent of ninety percent of our ninety. The Crow was huge. Dude. I kind of get the Omen, but The Crow. No, that I, was a huge movie, dude. I would say or a huge movie, Moody. That of our listeners, I'm a huge Moody. Anyway, <laughs> I think of our listeners, they've probably oh, yeah. they've probably seen The Crow more than they've seen The Exorcist or, or The, the Omen. Omen. Yeah, yeah, I would agree with that. Seriously? Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Oh, well, then fuck me then. Yeah, well. No. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, but I, I love you and all, but, you know. Yeah. We're not, we're not going to do that. <laughs> <laughs> I wish you guys could see him just, like, making out with his microphone right now. It's <laughs> great. <laughs> so The Crow, oh, one of the greatest so movies good, ever dude. made. The Crow began uh, filming in Wilmington, North Carolina in 1993. Oh, did it? Cursed Films. Cursed okay. Films. That is that. I th- I'm pretty sure that's the documentary that's the that do- I watched. That's the one you were watching. Yeah. 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 It's fucking amazing. Please watch it. They revealed that before production got underway, a mysterious caller left a voicemail message warning the crew not to shoot the movie because bad things would happen. We actually have the audio from that? Oh, no. Do we? Yeah. Oh, do we? You, re- you ready? You son of a bitch. <laughs> You can send all hate mail to moody at gofuckyourself.com. How's that? Hey, hey guys. 
you really don't want to make this movie. Stop right it. You, sh- you should. <laughs> you shouldn't shoot this movie. Something, something what is what? <laughs> so eerily, two on-set electricians were involved in an accident in which their truck hit a live wire. Ooh. One of the men experienced second and third degree burns Ouch. and lost both ears. <laughs> Yeah, like, fuck. Ugh. Hey, the electricity's got to go out somewhere. Yeah. Disaster also struck the entire production <laughs> when a hurricane destroyed the movie set. Uh, I believe it's pronounced hurricane. Hur- hurricane? It's hurricane. 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 Down in West Virginia, though, it's, that's they say hurricane. 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 That's hurricane West Virginia. Oh, that's hurting my... Yeah. My, 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 my mind. So that is when the curse of the crow rumors began circulating in Hollywood. Oh, do that. The star of the crow, Brandon Lee, just amazing. Yes. By the way, great, great guy. Great guy. Um, there are let's see, uh, Showdown in Little Tokyo mm-hmm. was amazing. Dolph Lundgren and oh, Dolph Lundgren. Yeah. Amazing movie. And Rapid Fire. Both great movies. Rapid if you guys have never seen Rapid Fire, I'm serious. Just watch it. It's such a great fucking movie. How have you not? Seen is it Rapid just Fire like movie? a bunch of shit like in succession? No, really it's, it quickly no. happens. No, 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 no. Just watch the movie. Is it's, it? It's freaking awesome. Okay, it's great. It's it's a martial arts movie, but it's got like I it's like not like arts movies. it's not like it's a really good movie. Okay. See, okay. I like my it's, a, it's got arts Powers movies. Booth in it. Oh, see, if you would have said Jean Claude Van Damme, right. I would have been all there. All right, what? You failed me, Jean Claude Van Damme. He's a poser. Uh, I don't know if it's I'm real. Sorry. I don't know if it's real or not. By the way, but I saw somebody post. Apparently, there's a. Uh, Apparently, there's a uh, trailer for for another kickboxer or oh. bloodsport or something. Oh. What? Yeah, with Van Damme. Yeah. No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What? Wait, why do you why do you care so much, Dad? I thought you said he was a poser. The guy who could do a ninety degree or fucking hundred eighty degree vertical split. Yeah, in his like early twenties. Right now, he's uh, lucky. He can still do it. He's lucky if he can freaking bend over without freaking oh, cracking something. Dude, he you realize? You, you, you realize he could still do it, right? Listen, he, he could still he, be he's on my TikTok, ass, bro. Van Damme's on TikTok? Yeah. Shut the fuck up. Look it up. Dude, Van Damme is a huge star. Yeah, he's huge. 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 Just, just like Seagal, who's also huge, but in a physical way. So Aww. I'm looking at his spouse thing. On uh, He was married to this lady from 87 to 92, divorced her, married someone else from 94 to 97, mm-hmm. divorced her, oh. and went back with his other wife in 99. <laughs> 99. Hey, listen, sometimes you got you to gotta race. Yeah, I guess. Like, oh, whatever. So Brandon Lee, of course, is the son of martial arts legend Bruce Lee, the one and only Bruce Lee. Nice. The elderly Bruce died during the production of his final film. Oh. Some fans speculated that the Chinese mafia had placed a hit on the actor for betraying martial arts secrets. What? Others suspected that he had been struck by an insidious death blow. You know, the death blow, the five finger death punch, not the band. God. Damn it. <laughs> at, a, at an earlier time. Now, if you do the research, I don't know. Have you ever seen the uh, uh, the 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 Bruce Lee the movie they made about him? What is it called? Um, Enter the Dragon. No, not that. Not the movie he was in. The the one about his life. Mm, Damn not, it! I can't remember what the fuck it's called. It's probably called like Bruce Lee or something like that. Ip Man. But he that had a lot Bruce of Lee's like mental. internal demons and stuff, like struggles and whatnot, and. Yeah, it, it, there's something with the dragon. Enter the dragon. It might be. Enter the dragon was one of his movies. Yeah, that's where he did the freaking the big arm yes. wind thing. You can't see what I'm doing yeah, right yeah. now, but you will soon. Because uh, guess okay. what? We're getting the studio up and running, and you're gonna see our faces. <laughs> anyway, well, you're gonna see their faces. Right. Well, no, you'll be on there too. 
Okay. So the most popular theory about the the dragon's death, that's AKA Bruce Lee. Dragon, is, the Bruce Lee story. Is that what? Yeah, that's it. That was there in 93. Go. And then uh, that's got to be it. Birth of Birth of the Dragon in 2016. Oh, I don't know if I've seen that one. I know I saw the first one. Yeah. As, but anyway, so there, the theory is that he was a victim of the Lee family curse. Yeah. His, old, yeah, yeah. his older brother had Look, died. You're getting a two-for-one curse deal here. Right. And Lee's parents believe there was a demon targeting the males in the Lee family. Mm. Like his it father. me. <laughs> not you, Edoom. Calm down. Like his father, Brandon Lee died before he finished filming The Crow. In a fluke accident, the performer was shot while completing an action sequence, as described in Cursed Films. The crew uh, used what are called dummy rounds for the scene, but there was something in the barrel of the gun that acted as a lethal projectile, killing Brandon Lee. And it, it first and foremost, it was a huge blow to me personally because I was a big oh, fan. It sucked, man. Um, and then when I was doing like watching like the 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 the, the cursed films or whatever, you actually find out that so the guns they used they were like real guns. Mm-hmm. And so what happens is, is that they use these blanks and the projectile inside the blank, it still shoots off pretty it's like hard. A, it's like a wadding with like a, yeah, it's, it's like a piece like a of weird, like, yeah, weird paper or whatever at the end of it. But they used the gun before. And what happened is, is that there was an actual, like a from what they were saying, it got stuck in there. It got stuck in there in the barrel. And then they replicated that. And it literally would like, that's what it, it was a bullet. It, it's like a bullet. It's a projectile. It's going to fucking kill you. Still coming out with the same force. And the fucked up part is, is that, and I don't, uh, yeah. Anyway, in the beginning of The Crow, when the guys come in and they actually shoot him, that's when he actually, mm-hmm. he got shot. Really? It was the yeah, yeah. one of the last things they filmed for the movie. Wow. But it was one of the first scenes in the movie. They still, there was a decent amount of the movie left that they had to Yeah, they actually, him. they had to get a guy um, to complete the final photography for The Crow, the man who had been working as Lee's stunt double. He actually wore a mask and then there was a bunch of C- uh, CGI and stuff. That's a lot of CGI. Yeah, yeah. and like, again. There's a scene where he's like running through the rain or something that's all CGI. Yeah, like, yeah, on the rooftops. Yeah. Yep. And what's fucked up about this one too is that the crew didn't want to go through with it. They didn't no, want to finish the movie. Wanna, yeah. And the family told him to do it his uh his like sister i don't know sister maybe or his wife and his uh mother or whatever they were like please do this to pay homage to him he he would want you to finish this movie and if you haven't seen it please dear god go watch the crow such a great movie logan okay 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 god okay okay so how about some of our patented little quick hitters here? Yeah, we yeah. love the quick hitters. So The Conqueror is a whitewashed 1956 film with John Wayne as Genghis Khan, which is totally not cool. Yeah. The film was shot at a location downwind from a nuclear testing site, causing dozens of crew members to eventually die of cancer. Wow. So maybe not so much of a curse as a poor choice choice of locations. It's a location here. Yeah, it's so fucking. First of all, Genghis Khan. John Wayne should not be Genghis Khan. Oh my God. John Wayne is the furthest thing from Asian as possible. Yeah. (laughs) Like the furthest. Never mind. Uh, Then there's Apocalypse Now. Mm -hmm. Oh, the horror. Francis Ford Coppola was, by the way, his wines are great. Oh, really? If you guys get a chance, try Coppola wines. They're so good. I hate wine. Coppola, Coppola, whatever they're... Yeah. You hate everything. Yeah, you do hate everything. No, I just hate wine. Mm. Just wine? That's all you hate? Name one other thing that I hate. Everything. Everything else. <laughs> Name something specifically that I hate other than wine. Anybody not safe from Moody. Mm. That's not specific. That, is, that specific. is absolutely specific. No, it's not. That is very specific. Because that changes on any given day. IPAs. Yes. 
Uh, <laughs> okay, anything outside of... <laughs> you can't say anything. I just named it. Anything outside of alcohol. Anything outside of alcohol. Yeah. yeah. Um, Name one thing I hate. The Pittsburgh Steelers. All right. All right. There you go. Just kidding, by the way, if you're a Steelers fan. No. Anyway. <laughs> we're, not, we're not kidding. <laughs> anyway, you know, it's, it's foosball. So anyway, he was tempting fate. Francis Ford Coppola here was tempting fate when he decided to film Apocalypse Now during monsoon season. And if you haven't seen that, Logan, have you seen that one? Monsoon. No, not monsoon. Apocalypse, Apocalypse Now. Apocalypse Now. <laughs> <laughs> so the obvious answer is no. No. Okay. Get under wraps. This is getting ridiculous. So obviously this was a big mistake. The monsoon destroyed multiple sets, and Martin Sheen actually suffered a fucking heart attack during filming. Wait, really? Yes. Wow. And Coppola was so stressed that he suffered a seizure, according to The Independent. Apocalypse Now from 1979 turned out to be a masterpiece anyway, but the documentary Hearts of Darkness, a filmmaker's apocalypse about its making, is just as engrossing. So yeah, if you haven't seen Apocalypse Now... Go see it. It's it's or go see it. <laughs> go to the movies and go see Apocalypse Now. <laughs> Might be able to catch a matinee. Yeah, how about this? Just say it, 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 on your fire stick. Just what is it? Just tap on it and say Apocalypse. Apocalypse Now. Hey, uh, I gonna say. Hey Alexa, I really like to watch Apocalypse. Yeah, there you now. go. It's good, uh, yeah, it's good. Now I've never heard of this one before. Me either. Fitzcarraldo. Nope, never heard of it. Never seen Fitzcarraldo. <laughs> Shut your face. How fucking funny would that <laughs> no, be? Have you actually seen this one? You're like, no, that's the one about the whatever. And he's just like, what the fuck? <laughs> that'd, be, that'd be amazing. At least there'd be some redemption in that if I he actually saw this that we haven't. I've heard so of it. It's, uh, let's see, dysentery. Yep. Injuries. Yeah. Okay. Fights among the crew. Oh, very yeah, nice. Nothing seemed to go right during the filming of 1982's Fitzcarraldo. The story concerns hauling a boat over a hill, which the crew literally accomplished, but not without the same nightmarish difficulty as it depicted in the film. Oh. And in the end, director Werner Herzog. Ah, oh, Werner Herzog. Yeah. Oh, he's done a lot of shit, dude. He looked as mad and overly driven as his Werner hero. Movie. Check out the documentary Burden of Dreams for Frank more. Frank. I have. I do not know anything about that movie. No, I've never heard of it. Fitzcarraldo. Never heard of it. And it's about taking a boat over a hill? Apparently. Who the nice. fuck wants to watch that? It's a Werner Herzog movie. What do you want? What else has he done? I'm looking it up for you. Oh, thanks. Because <laughs> you don't know either. Off the top of my head, I'm like fucking totally blanking, dude. So the Superman curse. This is a this is a fucked up one. Okay. So comic book movie fans may know about the Superman curse, which is said to afflict multiple actors involved in Superman films. Yes. Christopher Reeve was paralyzed following a horse accident. Oh, shit. Okay, and he played Superman, like, in the movies. Yeah, uh, like Superman movies. The original. Right? The original movies, right. Yes, yes. And Margot Kidder, who played Lois opposite Reeve, suffered from bipolar disorder, according to TCM. How the fuck is that a curse? Yeah, that, that, that happened prior to shooting the movie? <laughs> I must be cursed. I have bipolar. I like, just now got the bipolar. I think it's more the Superman thing. I don't know, but uh, yeah. But while I was filming Superman, just, uh, also, in case you were unaware, the original Superman from the TV series, George yes. Reeves, supposedly committed suicide. Wait, what? Oh, there you go. Man. His death at age forty-five from a gunshot remains a controversial subject. The official finding was suicide, but some believe that he was murdered or the victim of an accidental shooting. Oh. Yeah, that that's like a legit thing. Like no shit. I yeah, didn't if you go that. back and look at the black and white TV series they had or whatever, um, yeah, George Reeve, which is weird because it was Christopher Reeves and George Reeve. Correct. Yeah. Correct. Wait, I say that? 
opposite. I said that opposite. Christopher Correct. Reeves and George Reeves. That's what it is. Yeah. Then there's the Lord of the Rings. Oh, the two towers. No. Bad luck ran amok. Amok, 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 amok. In Middle Earth during the filming of 2002's The Lord of the Rings, The Two Towers. DVD interviews revealed that multiple actors and stuntmen suffered injuries while shooting the film's elaborate fight sequences. The worst was Viggo Mortensen, who broke his toe and chipped his tooth while filming. Aw, poor Viggo. That's all that, that's all that, that's all that happened. Did they put his thumb on it? <laughs> if if you guys see Vigo Vigo Mortison like can you What's just up, let me know toe? yeah just let me know if his toe looks like or his thumb looks like a toe that'd be amazing <laughs> do you find out what other movies he did yeah he did a lot of uh, a lot of documentaries he's a documentary he does a lot of documentaries he also did uh, <laughs> he did uh, Bad Lieutenant Porter Call which was uh, uh, our boy uh, Nicolas Cage mm-hmm. okay mm-hmm. Uh, Nosferatu the Vampire from 1979 he did Jack Reacher nice which nice, uh, nice. with uh, Tom Cruise yep. oh okay I've seen um, that one that was good you did. Uh, you remember the? Uh, I actually really liked that movie. To be do honest, do you remember uh, the first one was okay. The other four were like yeah. he, Jack Reacher. Did he did something called Cobra Verde, which is a band, isn't it? Too. I say God bless you. Um, he did the uh, what the fuck, Grizzly Man. Do you remember that documentary where the dude like went out to live with bears and got fucking mauled? Yes, I do actually remember he that. He did one. that documentary. I actually Grizz- watched. He that. did Grizzly Man. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I don't. Really I, had I something don't know to do with is. penguins, Madagascar. Wait, really? It's like the TV show on Nickelodeon? No, the movie. It said Penguins of Madagascar. Penguins of Madagascar, the movie. TV uh, The movie! (laughs) The movie! The blessing! Jesus Christ almighty. (laughs) 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 Okay, so let's keep moving on here. The Exorcism of Emily Rose. What's that about? Which I have seen. Yeah, it's a pretty... Have you seen the slogan? It's a weird-ass movie. Have you seen it? I've... Vaguely remember seeing it. <laughs> I actually have not seen this one. It's 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 creepy. It's cool. It's it's like, I don't think I may have. Oh wait, no, never mind. I'm thinking. So all those exorcism movies get run together. So Dexter star Jennifer Carpenter, who was Dexter's sister in the series, which by the way, the new series or the the new one just came out, and I haven't seen any wait, of it yet. Was a new Dexter? Yes, is Dexter. It the, is it the same guy? Yes. Yeah, they started it over. No shit. Yep. Well, it's a. Not well. They started again. Well, it's a new, yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. So anyway, his sister here reported that during the making of the Exorcism of Emily Rose, in which she played a big screen version of German woman Annalise Michelle, oh, okay, whose poor health and subsequent death was blamed on a failed exorcism. Her radio would mysteriously turn on and off. Okay, okay. okay. From an interview, this is an interview here from uh, with Dead Central. Okay. okay. So the questioning here, a common question when making a film like this, did anything weird happen during filming? Mm-hmm. She says, I thought about that when it happened and two or three times when I was going to sleep, my radio came on by itself. Oh, the only time it scared me was once because it was really loud and it was Pearl Jam's Alive. Great song. Laughs. Laura's TV came on a couple of times mm. and he says at 3 a.m. Mine wasn't at 3 a.m. She says I was born at 3 a.m. But it hasn't happened to me. I did check. So we'll totally do an episode on Annalise one of these days. Yeah. yeah. Wait, he knew when he was born? She. She she knew when she was born. Do you born? not know when you were born? No, actually I don't. When was I born, Dad? Ugh. Oh. <laughs> Hold not on. The only one. I have a lot of kids. I, I know I was born at two twenty in the afternoon. Oh, that's cool. I don't know when I was born. Reagan was born at uh, no seven eleven because we said she can't keep her mouth shut, so her mouth is always open, like seven eleven. Okay, that's cool. So she's the favorite child. <laughs> I love you, Reagan. Um, 
Uh, let's see. I uh-huh. was born. Uh-huh. I was born in the morning, like early. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. I know you were nine pounds eight ounces. Uh, okay. Yeah. You fat fuck. I was a big boy. I was nine pounds ten ounces. Yep. Oh, and my, you're so tiny now. And my, I know, and I'm the shortest of all of them. And my father was eleven pounds when he was born. Was he like the elephant man? He was the youngest of fourteen, so he shot out like a rocket. <laughs> <laughs> my poor grandmother. <laughs> <laughs> that poor lady. Anywho. <laughs> All right, moving on. Psycho. All right. Yeah, yeah. You know the movie Psycho. I don't. Myra Jones, AK. Oh my God, of course you don't. Have you ever seen Psycho? No, he's never seen Psycho. Uh, okay. I don't know why. I you know of the movie Psycho, though. No, actually, I don't know anything about Psycho. Never, you- never even heard of it. Bates Motel, Norman Bates. No, he's being serious. Mother. Being no, serious. I'm being 100% serious. I've never heard of Psycho. Are you fucking serious? 100%. Why, 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 why? Tell me more, he's got to be fucking more. kidding. No, 100%. There's no I've way. I've never heard of him. There's no way. He has serious. to be fucking with this. Why yeah, there's no way. You? I haven't seen The Omen, The Exorcist, but you've The Poltergeist, heard of those. The Crow. Why would you think I've never seen Because it Psycho is of one of the greatest American thrillers of all time, dude. Well, tell me more about it. It was Hitchcockian. You know the shower scene? Everyone's like, read, read, read. read. That's from Sock. <laughs> okay. That was from Sock what? <laughs> Sacagawea. So- oh, <laughs> now it all makes sense. <laughs> the shower scene from Sacagawea. The shower scene from Sacagawea. Everybody yeah. knows that one, dude. So now I know about this movie. All right, cool. Now you're on. Yeah, you got it all. Yep. So Myra Jones, a.k.a. Myra Davis, was the uncredited body double stand in for Psycho star Janet Lee during the making of Hitchcock's 1960 film. A handyman named Kenneth Dean Hunt, who was supposedly a Hitchcock obsessive, actually murdered her. Yeah. Oh, shit. That's fucking crazy. Yeah. Oh, my God. It's pretty weird. That's okay. Pretty weird, man. Here's That's one crazy. you've probably seen, Logan. Okay. Probably not. The Conjuring. <laughs> You've not seen The Conjuring either? Wait, 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 wait. Hold, You've on, never hold, on, seen... hold on, hold on, hold on. You've never seen The Conjuring. So There's real... like four of them, aren't there? Yes. I think I have seen one of the four. Okay, so real life That's ghost so hunters, weird. Ed and Lorraine Warren, who we... Yes, I have seen this. Yes, We yeah, have yeah, done yeah. an episode on before, so yep. go back and listen to the old episode on that. Yep, 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 yep. Who aided the real life Amityville horror case, investigated the haunting, haunting of the parent the family. Haunt? The haunting. Yeah. The investigated the haunting. This is, this, is like, this is the first one where he like goes in and like finds like his Annabelle doll or whatever, right? And then like brings it up and puts it in a case because his daughter was fucking with it. Yes, it was a farmhouse plagued by generations of death, disaster, and a possessed doll. That would be Annabelle. Yes. Lucky Moody, I knew it. The case inspired James Wan's supernatural film, which led or left some audiences in the Philippines with such a fright there were priests available at screenings to bless viewers and provide counseling. On and offset paranormal incidents, including strange claw marks on Star Vera uh, Farmiga's computer, Wan's, uh, yeah, James Wan is a tormented dog growling at invisible intruders, a strange wind that apparently put Carolyn Perron in the hospital, and fire were all reported. That's crazy. Yeah. 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 You know, it happens. You know I mean, who doesn't get put in the hospital because of wind? <laughs> Living in your house, I can only imagine. Fern. <laughs> Fern. <laughs> Fern. That's <laughs> a throwback. Go back and listen to, what was it, last week? Yeah, it was last week, yeah. Fern. Then there's the Innkeepers, filmed Ooh. at the reportedly haunted hotel at the Yankee Peddler Inn in Torrington. Nice. Uh, in Connecticut, the innkeeper's director, Ty West, was skeptical about the strange occurrences during the mo- uh, making of his movie. Still, creepy stories from the set became the focus in the press. 
pressed from the press from an interview with West. I saw West and then whatever. Shut up. Pressed West. He says, I'm a skeptic, so I don't really buy it, but I've definitely seen doors close by themselves. I've seen a TV turn off and on by itself. Lights would always burn out in my room. Everyone on the crew has very vivid dreams every night, which is really strange. How the fuck can you be a skeptic after seeing all that shit? Right. I don't know, man. Some fucking people. He goes on to say, the one story that is the most intriguing to me in the film, the most haunted room is the honeymoon suite. That's where the ghost stuff started in the hotel. The only reason I picked that room or, or picked the room that I picked to shoot in was because it was big enough to do a dolly shot. And a dolly is uh, basically where you're moving the camera side to side. Like on little train tracks almost. Yeah, yeah that's basically all this. So if you guys have money. So no more thought went into it other than pure technical reasons. So when we're finishing the movie, I find out that the most haunted room in real life is the room I picked to be the haunted room in the movie. It could be a coincidence. It's weird that it happened that way. So, uh, Sarah But I'm pa- a skeptic. <laughs> but I'm a skeptic. Um, Sarah Paxton would wake up in the middle of the night thinking someone was in her uh, in the room with her. Everyone has stories, but I was too busy saying, let's shoot this. We have 17 so, days. So just so you know, I was actually in her room. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Fucking crazy. I don't, I don't understand what the problem is, John. <laughs> I can't do it. I can't do it. It just, just drives me nuts. This next one this is actually pretty crazy. This is great. So, have you heard of the movie? I'm not even asking Logan. It's called A Took. Yes, no, I've heard of no. that. So, have uh, you ever seen it? No, I've not seen it, but I've heard of it. Okay, do you know what it's about? about a, no. Don't read the notes. <laughs> I don't even have them in front of me. No, so, A Took, I think it's A Took. A Tuck, A Tuck. Uh, yeah, I think. Because it's like Alaskan, right? Well, I like the Logan saying that he's heard of this movie. <laughs> <laughs> it's a movie so cursed that it ever got made. Oh. But you've heard of it, huh? Yep, sure okay. have. Well, All right. you know, the project, based on a 1963 Mordecai Rickler novel about an Eskimo in New York, had four different men attached to play the lead while in development um, through the 1970s and 80s. Hmm. John Belushi. <laughs> yeah. Sam Kennison. Okay. John Candy, all right, and Chris Farley, all amazing in yes. their own right. Yeah, hilarious and chubby. So yep, amazing. and all four died shortly after entering negotiations to be in the film. Wow, that's fucked up. So, if you're an actor mm-hmm. and someone's like, "Hey, we're going to remake this movie," it's called Ad Talk. Nope, you in? <laughs> nope. Well, first of all, look at yourself. Am I funny? Am I chubby? Yes. Yeah, I'm not going to do that movie. Damn. I guess I'm out then. Yeah, you're out. You're yeah, totally out. Big time. Well, no, you're not funny, so it's cool. And I'm beyond Jeffy, so. <laughs> You could be John Candy. You're in the show. I know, I know. <laughs> so oh. how about Twilight Zone, the movie? Oh, oh. never seen it. I never really. Have you seen any of the movies we've talked about yet? <sighs> the Conjuring is the only one. Oh, that's the only one. I saw it in theaters. You know what? You're a piece of shit. <laughs> okay. Wow. It's Tell me ex- how you really feel. <laughs> pretty excessive. I just, I just did. Is that really how you feel? No. <laughs> so the 1983 film Twilight Zone, the movie, directed by John Landis, yes, that John Landis, and Steven Spielberg, yes, that Steven Spielberg. Gained, Which John Landis? Uh, that one. Which one is that? He's yeah. the guy that did that. Did what? Uh, you know, like uh, Ghostbusters, and do he's done, um, what else has he done a shit ton of fucking movies. Oh, yeah? How many? Yeah. Can you name a couple? or? Hold on, Landis, Landis. Hold on. Yes, I can. Um, um, I'll see. Let's see what you got, man. I know we did Ghostbusters. Yeah, we already said that. He did. Uh, did Anything. he do Frighteners? Mm, nope. Hold on. Did he do Frighteners? Uh, nope. Hold on. Oh, my God, I'm thinking of there. He also. Did, 
No, he did he? No, he didn't do Home Alone. Dude, did he, he did so many good ones. What do you do? Name them. Name some of them. He did fucking Trading Places. Yes, oh, the Blues Brothers. Yes. Wait, really? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, he coming to America. Coming to America. Yeah. No. Spies like us. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah, he did a lot of good. Ones, Landis man. was huge back in the day, dude. Yeah. I've seen all those movies. American Werewolf in Paris. Yes. Seen that. Oh wait, he didn't do London. No. So he did the remake. Ugh. Which was the good one? It was. Oh a, no, no, he did do. Uh, he did do American Werewolf. Yeah, I was gonna say. He I did them both. It, yeah. Okay. Twilight I didn't like Zone, the Paris Twilight one. Zone, the movie, which we're talking about here. And it gained publicity pre-release because of the deaths of lead actor Vic Morrow and two child extras during the filming of the helicopter crash scene. The children were illegally hired to Animal play House. Animal House. Yeah, yeah, they were illegally hired to play the role in the scene as Landis would go on to reveal in the subsequent trial. Yeah, he went. Listen, they were trying to get his ass for fucking manslaughter. This was a huge thing. Wow. I totally didn't know this, and I don't know how I didn't know this. He what? directed Michael Jackson's Thriller. Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah, Landis and... Uh, also Beverly Hills Cop 3. Yep. Wait. Yeah, 3. He chose 3. Of I, all love, I love 3, though. <laughs> three, really? 3 is great. It's I okay. It. I don't care what anybody says. They're it's all, okay. it's all right. It's Kentucky all right. Fried Movie was him. I forgot yeah. about that, too. So it was also prohibited to make children work after a certain hour in the evening. And by the way, this happened at like 2 o'clock in the fucking morning, so of course it was way later than they were supposed to. However, Landis insisted that the scene would have to entail a late night setting to seem more authentic. This was the last scene in the movie. In fact, uh, if I'm not mistaken, it was a Vietnam like kind of war scene yep. in the movie. Yeah. Yep, exactly. Also Three Amigos. Oh, did he do Three Amigos? Oh, he did so many good. He, dude, by the way, he's a fucking dick. If you watch him in like any interviews. He did that movie about Burke and Hare. He's, he's a dick. Oh, yeah. Like he's a raging dick. So it also included explosions as a helicopter flew over the village while Morrow would run across the street to save the Vietnamese children from the explosion. Testing for the scene sparked concerns when the helicopter seemed to vigorously rock at the explosion. But despite this, Landis needed to keep or his need to capture the explosion took priority. He reportedly said, quote, you think that was big? You ain't seen nothing yet. Uh -oh. At the controls of this helicopter was a Vietnam War veteran named Dorsey Wingo who had just joined the movie business. When the cameras began filming, the uh, pyrotechnic fireball that had been fired as part of the explosion hit the helicopter, engulfing it in flames. The helicopter then crashed into the river where the actors were standing. Morrow, six-year-old Renee Chen, and seven-year-old Micah Din Lee, um, they, they all died on that. Mm. Pretty sure the... Uh... Was it the girl or something basically got crushed and like the other two got like ripped apart by the blade? Yeah, it was it was horrible and it was a huge trial with this and they they ended up being uh, found not guilty. Really? Which is fucked up. Yeah, super fucked up. Hmm. Almost 100 people were present when the tragedy occurred. The helicopter skidded right into Renee, crushing her to death. And when it toppled over, the main blade sliced through Morrow and Micah. Fucking hell. Ugh. Ugh. So yes, that happened. It actually fucking happened. So then there's Rose Baby and Rosemary's Baby next up on our list. Over the years, the myth surrounding Roman Polanski's 1968 film Ro Rosemary's Baby has only grown in stature. The film is based on the 1967 novel of the same name by American novelist Ira Levin. He came up with the idea for the book in 1965, drawing inspiration from his wife, who was pregnant at the time. His New York apartment. Hey, baby, and, I'm making a movie about you. <laughs> oh, and, really? That's great. What's it going to be about? Right. And the, also <laughs> the anxiety of being a parent. Now, I'm going to assume, Logan, you've never seen this? No. 
Okay. It's basically about a woman who gets pregnant with the uh, uh, Satan's child. Supposedly. Supposedly. Yes. So the struggling writer imagined a world where there was no God and the devil was allowed to reign freely. This is evident in the iconic ending where Rosemary finds out that her husband sold her womb to Satan and that her child is the Antichrist. Supposedly. Supposedly. Levin was uh, Levin was catapulted into the highest echelons. I think it is Levin, actually. Is it Levin? I think it's Ira Levin. Oh, okay. He was catapulted into the uh, highest echelons of the literary world due to the success of the novel. And a year later, a European auteur who was looking for his own Hollywood break decided to direct the film adaptation of the novel. That's how the movie got made. Okay. However, not everyone was pleased with Levin's attack on religion. So just religious people? Yes. Okay. He faced severe backlash from the Catholic Church for his blasphemy. Oh, shocker. Yep. And his wife actually left him the year the film was released. He was never the same man again, growing increasingly paranoid over the years. Levin repeatedly had to make public statements denouncing Satanism and told Dick Cavett, the Dick Cavett show, we're way too young for that, but that he had become terrified as he grew older. 30 years after the release of the film, Levin came up with a sequel titled Son of Rosemary, but it tanked. And yeah, it, it's I don't think I've even seen that one. I didn't even know there was a sequel to yeah, it. Yeah. So William Castle was the man who first recognized the potential of Levin's work and secured the rights to make film adaptation. Best known for his work on B-grade horror films, which is amazing. Castle wanted to Who's direct William, it initially. William Castle? Uh, William Castle. It, uh, he wanted to direct it initially, but Paramount Pictures uh, executive Robert Evans agreed to go ahead with the project only if Castle worked as producer. In April of 1969, Castle was hospitalized because of severe kidney stones, which suck. He was also um, already under a lot of stress due to the sheer volume of hate mail he received because he's doing, you know, <laughs> Rosemary's Baby. A terrible consequence of being attached to the, the movie. In his autobiography, he claimed that he began to hallucinate scenes from the film during his surgery and even shouted, quote, Rosemary, for God's sake, drop that knife. Although Castle recovered, he never reached that level of success Again, producer Robert Evans was not exempt from his alleged curse either. He had risen to the top with major hits like Rosemary's Baby and The Godfather. Logan, please tell me. Oh, my God. You're... Jesus Christ. I'm choosing to ignore you. What right have now. I done? What have I done? Jesus. You are a shit father, dude. <laughs> However, he was convicted of cocaine trafficking in 1980 and got a suspended prison sentence. As part of his plea bargain, Evans had to make an anti-drug commercial. Oh, no. Three years later, the producer would get caught up in the high-profile uh, murder of Roy Radin, which has come to be known as the Cotton Club murder. Despite two witnesses testifying that Evans was involved in the case, he was later cleared of the charges. In 1993, he told the New York Times, quote, I had 10 years of a horrific life. Um, what? Ka- ka- uh, ka- oh, Kafka-esque? Kafka? Yeah, Kafka-esque. 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 What does that mean? Kafka? It means it's like Kafka. Is that Jimmy Kafka? Yes. No, there's actually ka- Fra- it's Franz Kafka. Oh. Yeah, Kafka-esque is actually a word, though. I was just looking that up. Yeah. Kafka. He also goes on to say, there were nights I cried yes. myself to sleep. This is characteristic argue- or rep- reminiscent of the oppressive or nightmarish qualities of Franz Kafka's fictional world. Oh. Yeah. Snap. Okay. <clears throat> this is arguably the most renowned story that is related to Rosemary's Baby. In autumn of 1968, composer Christoph Komita, who worked on the film, fell off a rocky um, 
Escarpment? What the fuck is that? You don't know what an escarpment is? No, please tell me. I'm pretty sure it's just a cliff. Oh, okay. Cliff. Like an outcropping, if you will. (laughs) While partying and went into a four-month coma. Shit. Coincidentally, this affliction is exactly what the Witches in Levin's book subject Rosemary's suspicious friend to. Well, that's... What? That's crazy. Kamita never came out of the coma and died in Poland the following year. Fuck. Uh, An escarpment is a long, steep slope, especially at one edge, especially one at the edge of a plateau or separating areas of land at different heights. So it's a fucking cliff. Nice. You're smart. Good job. Look at you. Check out the big brain on bread. Dude, people think I'm dumb because I play dumb. Because if everyone knows you're smart, then they expect shit from you. It's just your face. Yeah, it is really just your face. That helps. Yeah. No, it helps. Got a good good facade going on. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's good. Yeah. yeah. yeah I get, people will expect it of you at all times. Yeah, so if I just pretend that I'm stupid, nobody will give a shit about it. You don't have to pretend your face does it. You're fine. Well, that too, but like, right. I still like... I'm just saying, like your face. That's why, you know, people ask me something, I'm like... I really don't know the answer to the question. So John Lennon, you know, John Lennon, Logan. Who's John Lemon. Yeah. yeah, he's a guy who did a thing back in then. Who, who who's John? Do you really not know who John Lennon is? No, John is? Lennon was in a band, wasn't he? He was in uh he he died. He was uh, about the catcher in the rye and all that shit, right? Okay, what what band was he in? The Beatles? Hey! hey. <laughs> <laughs> I know a thing. Uh, yeah, he was in a band. Um <laughs> uh, you know. There's this little band from England called the Beatles. So John Lennon was actually assassinated outside the Dakota in 1980. He was. The famous building where they filmed Rosemary's Baby. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Producer Robert Evans claimed that the whole time uh, he was on set at the apartment building, he felt a, quote, distinctly eerie feeling. Hmm. Lennon was unfortunately gunned down by alleged fan, Mark David Chapman, who was influenced by Salinger's novel, The Catcher in the Rye. That's where he got that. That's good and the loneliness of protagonist Holden Caulfield. However, the fleeting association with the film has led film uh, fans of the film to link Lennon's assassina- assassination with the curse of the film, which I don't see that, but whatever. Absolutely was. It can be said that the primary reason why the myth of the curse came about was the brutal murder of Polanski's wife. We've talked about this. We have. <laughs> Actress Sharon Tate. And who might that be, Logan? Or should I even ask? I know who Sharon Tate is, all right? I'm not good with names, all right? Who is Sharon Tate? She was a, she played she's an actress. What happened to Sharon Tate? I I honestly don't know what happened to her. I just know that she was in a movie that I've seen. I don't know Do you know who movies. killed Sharon Tate? A bad guy? Well, you're right. I don't know all of these things, all right? He's, I have a broad range of different topics. You're smart in music and movies. And those things that are semi-cryptic. Sharon Tate was actually killed by the uh, the group of buttholes that are, are the the one and only uh, Manson sent out into the world. The Manson family. Wait, seriously? Yeah. They they went and killed her and Why? several other people. Um, because they just they were against like society and whatnot. And it was actually uh accidental. So if you go back and listen to our our uh, Charles Manson episode, yeah. It was they didn't they went there because they were looking for somebody else, but they were there, so they just decided to kill them instead. And she was actually, unfortunately, pregnant at the time. Oh. Yeah. What a f- and that's where they wrote like pig on the wall in blood and all that shit. Yeah. So if you want Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. So okay, okay. for new listeners, if you want to go back and listen to that, go yep. back and listen to the Charles Manson episode. He was a fuckhead and yeah, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. whatever. So Polanski even wanted to cast 
uh, Tate as Rosemary, okay, but Evans was adamant about Mia Farrow's involvement. A year after the film's release, Tate and her friends, here you go, were stabbed to death by followers of cult leader Charles Manson. Jeez. Tate was eight and a half months pregnant at the time of her demise. The members of the Manson family delivered around 100 stab wounds to the four victims and wrote Helter Skelter on the wall in blood. Fucking crazy. Ah. After his wife and unborn son were killed, Polanski indulged in substance abuse to cope with things, but he ended up exemplifying human depravity. While guest editing the, uh, editing the French edition of Vogue in 1977, the director preyed upon a 13-year-old girl and persuaded, persuaded her to participate in multiple photo shoots. During the second shoot at Jack Nicholson's house, yikes, he incapacitated the minor with champagne and half a quaalude before sexually fucking violating her multiple times. Piece of shit. This is why he is on the run to this day. Yep. But he still makes movies somehow. Yep. Although he was arrested for the felony and spent 42 days in jail, Polanski became a fugitive and fled uh, to France to avoid facing charges. He did. uh... Since then, he has lived the life of a criminal and has avoided traveling to countries where he can be extradited back to the U.S. So, yes, he's been on the run since then. He just did fucking. What did he just? He just did something recently. I didn't know he was still doing movies, to be honest with you. I don't pay attention to all that shit. He just did something. He's relatively a recent. And there's so many people like in the business that are like defending the guy, like, oh, he didn't do that and all this shit. Ugh, ugh, ugh. And I, I don't know the whole ins and outs of it, but from. I mean, he's a giant hunk of shit. Yeah, there you go. So, all right, let's round things out here with the one and only, probably the only movie that Logan's actually seen in this entire list. I, hey, The Conjuring. Yeah, I doubt it. The Wizard of Oz. He's never seen The Wizard of Oz. I've seen the wizard of oz i've never seen the fucking wizard of oz okay okay i'm gonna be honest with you i have it on vhs i've seen it i know everything about the wizard of oz read the book and i've also seen the sequel too which is actually the prequel of it and you can go kiss my ass all right (laughs) you've never seen the wizard of oz yes i have (laughs) so i need to go over it with you so despite its commercial success the wizard of oz is seen by some as cursed yes there were so many serious accidents on set that those Oscar-nominated special effects almost cost cast members their lives. Yeah, Moody. From the two actors playing winged monkeys crashing to the ground when the wires that hoisted them up broke in the air, ugh, to the Wicked Witch of the West stunt double Betty Danko injuring her left leg when the broomstick exploded. <laughs> Fuck. Buddy Epson was originally cast in the role of the Ten, uh, ten Woodman, a.k.a. the Ten Man, but he was essentially poisoned by the makeup. Oh, yeah, because they put, uh, it was lead. Mm-hmm. It was lead paint they actually put on their faces, which is yep. fucked. I knew that, Moody. Did you? Oh, I'm sorry. It was yeah, a pure, did, actually, a pure yeah, aluminum dust. It was aluminum, yeah. yeah. Nine days after filming started, he was hospitalized, sitting under an oxygen tent. Oof. Buddy Epson, by the way, was... Um, so familiar. What was... Buddy Epson. Beverly Hillbillies. Yes. Really? He's really? the fucking dad, right? That's the dad from Be- Beverly Hillbillies. No shit. From the original show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I've seen that. So when he was not getting better fast enough, the filmmakers hired Jack Haley to be the Tin Man instead. This time, instead of applying the aluminum powder, the makeup artist mixed it into a paste and painted it on him. He did develop an infection in his right eye that needed medical attention, but it ended up being treatable. That's fucking crazy. Margaret Hamilton, who played the Wicked Witch of the West and was the one, um, the one, uh, wait, what? And was the one who tipped, wait, what? What does it say? <laughs> Oh, I'm going to read it word for word. Who played the Wicked Witch of the West and was the one tipped who harm it's off to the turmoil. <laughs> I'm going to say 
who was the one who tipped Harmitz off to the turmoil on set then uh, three that decades right there, later. Hey, that's that wasn't what, you, right? Nope, that's what we were talking about yeah, That's what we were talking that's about That's part earlier. of it, yeah. yeah. When you get stuff from... It's so funny. It's, uh, a lot of shit we get, we get from other, like, uh, you know, our articles and stuff like that. Yeah. And it's funny to me, we were just talking earlier, how some of the stuff, it, it's published and it should not be. Like, they don't have, like, uh, proofreaders or anything like that. It's insane to me. Yeah. So anyway, she's the one that tipped off Harmitz um, to the turmoil on set. Then three decades later for her uh, 1977 book, she got burns and the makeup artist had to rush to remove her copper makeup so that it wouldn't seep through her wounds and become toxic. Shit. Unlike Epson, she didn't get fired because they could live without her on the set for several more weeks. <laughs> Jesus wow. Christ. An actor playing one of the Wicked Witch of the West soldiers accidentally jumped on top of Dorothy's Toto. Um, Carl Spitz, the, the uh, actually, yeah, the the dog trainer Carl Spitz, um, on set, and told Harmitz and uh, the dog a female Karen Karen, Karen Terrier Karen, Karen Terrier. My uh, my grandma's had Karen Terriers her okay. whole life. That's Toto. That's what Toto was. Yeah. All right, yeah. it was named Terry. Actually, he actually sprained his foot, and Spitz had to get a canine Aww. double. Terry Aww. did recover and returned to the set a few weeks later. So Toto came back. Good for him. Yeah. Good for him. Good job, Terry. In a memoir by Judy Garland's third husband, Sid Luft published a post... Posthumously? I I know. It's posthumously. I know. That's what it looks like, though, when you read it. Posthumously. 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 In 2017, he writes that after bar hopping in Culver City, the actors who played the Munchkins, quote, would make Judy's life miserable by putting their hands under her dress. (laughs) (laughs) I'm glad you think think that's hilarious. That is not funny at all. But but <laughs> that's funny. I'm sorry. That's fucked up. <laughs> Can you imagine they're just walking around like, ah, ah, ah. just grabbing her. We represent the lollipop group. <laughs> <laughs> hey, what do you got going there? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so gross. Sorry, guys. Anyway, <laughs> Harmon said it's true that the actors would go drinking near the Culver City Hotel where they stayed. But she says their interactions with Garland did not rise to the level of what Luff described. You think those are the guys that started the uh, Midgetville? No, maybe. Maybe. Yeah. That's a bonus episode. Go back and check that out. Yep. Yeah. Quote, nobody on the movie ever saw her or heard of Munchkin uh, or heard of a Munchkin assaulting her, said one worker on the film. So they're just saying it's bullshit. Garland did say the drinking was annoying in an interview with talk show host Jack Parr, but experts on Garland's life say that her rant about being scarred by the rowdy behavior on set may have been a deflection from the real damage she suffered during that time at the hands of the studio. Garland was only 16 when she made The Wizard of Oz, and her struggles with depression and disordered eating started at an early age and continued for the rest of her life. She claimed that the studio executives gave her uppers and sleeping pills so she could uh, keep up with the demanding pace of show business. Yeah, sounds about right. She struggled with drug addiction and attempted suicide several times before she died of an accidental accidental overdose on June 22nd, 1969, at just 47 years old. That's fucking sad. Yeah. Oh, my God. The film went through four different producers by the time it was through. I did not know that. I didn't either. That's insane. So Richard Thorpe, the first director, insisted that Judy Garland wear a blonde wig and thick makeup to depict Dorothy. When Buddy Epson got sick from his 10-man makeup and filming shut down for two weeks, the studio fired Thorpe and replaced him with George Cooker of My Fair Lady fame. If if anyone's wondering, too, I I just had to look this up because I I remember that she had somebody famous that was a kid. Mm -hmm. Uh, Liza Minnelli is her daughter. Yeah. Oh. I forgot. I I was trying to think of who it was, but... 
So Cougar encouraged Garland to wear natural makeup and play Dorothy less cartoonish and more natural. Cougar later left the film to work on Gone with the Wind. Um, I don't know. Is that a good a good choice? Because Gone with the Wind was like considered one of the best movies they're ever made. Both, they're both fucking Yeah, they're huge. There, anyway, instead, and Victor Fleming took his place. However, Cougar came back a few weeks later after getting fired from Gone with the Wind by Clark Gable. And supposedly he was, supposedly, supposedly he was fired when Gable found out he was homosexual. Yikes. Come on, Clark. Jesus. What are you doing there, Clark? That uh, ain't cool, bruh. Uh, director King Vidor, or Vider, whatever, was responsible for most of the sepia sequences and also helped uh, Mervyn Leroy with editing and post-production. Mervyn. Not only did the public think former kindergarten teacher Margaret Hamilton was really evil following the first airing of The Wizard of Oz, she also suffered, uh, suffered physically for the role. Hamilton received second and third degree burns all over her body when the green copper makeup we were talking about earlier she was wearing got too hot during the fire scene. Her stunt double spent months in the hospital after a prop broom exploded. Jesus, they were using a double because Hamilton got injured on an earlier take. <laughs> hey, look, I know you got hurt. Okay, so we're just going to bring in your stunt double and let them do it. The stunt double's like, wait, what? Wait, what's going on? <laughs> look, she got hurt in this one, so we need you. Basically, we need you to get hurt for her. Right. You don't get paid half as much as she does. But, right. So, But just do your job. Just get in there, yeah. blow your leg off. It'll be fine. Right. So that was Wizard of Oz. But guess what? How about the, the hanging munchkin? I hear a lot of people I've talk about it. that. I've seen it. And there is that that part where they're there's walking down the yellow brick road. And they and come you, around the little yeah. thing. And you can look in, in the, the back and it looks like, like, like someone's ooh, hanging back there. There's something going on back there. Well, sorry, folks. That seems to be a fake. In a oh. scene where Dorothy, the Scarecrow, and the Tin Man are skipping down the yellow brick road singing, We're off to see the wizard, the, the wonderful, wonderful wizard, wizard of Oz. Oz. Well, some think the dark, moving figure hanging from a tree in the background is an actor who hanged himself on set. More likely, it's one of the exotic birds that the filmmakers borrow from the Los Angeles Zoo to create a, wild, a wilderness setting. The rumor has been circulating since around 1989, the time of the 50th anniversary of the film's release. Hmm. It's a bird. It's a bird. Everybody's heard so, about the bird. It's not it's not a hanging munchkin, okay? It's a bird. Alright. So there you have it. Cursed movies. And now, boys and girls, it's your favorite part of the show. The movie review. Which top ten movies will make the cut today? So today on our movies, you know, the movies that we like to talk about, we're actually going to be talking about obscure 90s horror movies that you need to see. Logan, every one of these yeah. is, is calling out to you. I've, I've, this list is pretty good. I've seen most of these and they're <laughs> fucking, there's so many good ones. All right. Really? So let's start. You want to start at, uh, no, we're, we're starting at 13. I don't know how many are on here. I don't remember. There's, there might only be 10. There's 20. Oh, all right. Start yes. at the, we're going to start at lucky number 13 here. I mean, what is Okay, yeah. No, or do you want to go all the way 20? Nah. Okay. I don't think there's anything past about here that even... Number 13 is The Pit and the Pendulum. A yes. Pen pendulum. This 1991 version of Edgar Allan Poe's short story was directed by Stuart Gordon and takes place during the Spanish Inquisition. Heroin, Mar Heroin Maria is arrested and tortured after questioning the methods of head inquisitor Torquemada. Expertly played by Lance Hendrickson. I love Lance Hendrickson. It's a good movie. I've seen this movie. You know, if you guys don't know who him, he's uh he's in Pumpkinhead. He is in Pumpkinhead. And he's also been in <coughs> Alien. A a he was an Alien. Yeah, wait. The newer ones. He was like the head of the uh an alien um 
um what's the newest uh it was alien versus predator he was like the the head of the uh company that oh, was doing the mining or whatever. Oh, the yeah. old guy that had breathing problems, right? Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah that's yeah. Lance Henriksen. Oh, he's, he's, he's amazing. He's like back in the day. He, he was often like gets confused with Roy Scheider. Mm, yeah. Got you. Yeah. Okay. Really? I know yeah. exactly what you're talking about. People mistake him for Roy Scheider? Yes. Yeah. Like Jaws Roy Scheider? Yeah. Yes. Really? Yeah. yeah. They had the same jaw structure. I would never have uh, never thought that. Mm. Okay. So that's number 13. And it's okay. It's and that's actually movie. that's a remake because the original had... Uh, Vincent Price. Vincent Price. Yeah, back in the day. Which, did you know? Back in the dizzle. That, God, I'm trying to remember what the damn director's name is, that did, like, uh, the Mask of the Red Death and a Pit and a Pendulum and stuff. He literally, all of his movies were... Wasn't that hit? That wasn't Hitchcock, was it? No. It, they were all based off of uh, Edgar Allan Poe yeah. um, stories. Correct. I had no idea. Like, I thought okay. that was super cool that he just decided to do, like, four or five movies that were based off of that. And he had Vincent Price in all of them. I think, was it The House of, uh, uh, The Fall of the House of Usher? I think yes. that's one of them as well. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Anyway, sorry. Who did that shit? <laughs> Who did that shit? Number 12, <laughs> Return of the Living Dead 3. <laughs> Which one is this? The 1993 horror film exceeds admittingly low expectations. Two teenage lovers witness a secret government pr project to reanimate the dead. When one of them dies in a motorcycle accident almost immediately after, it only makes sense for the survivor to try and bring her back a la Pet a Cemetery. Oh, it's fucking Roger Corman. That's what it is. Roger Corman, that's it, yeah. Moving past the obvious plot point that bringing back the dead has unintended uh, consequences, the movie keeps the viewer engaged and invested in the characters throughout. There's plenty of gore and impressive amount when considering the budget. I don't know if I've seen... I've seen this one. Return of the Living Dead 3. I'm not sure. Return they all of, kind of run together. Return of the... Which one is the one where they were at the like mortuary and the bucket of ooze yeah, gets spilt over? Yeah, that's the Tarman. He's the... Yeah, the, yeah, yeah. That's, that's two. the first one. That's Return of the Living Return Dead? Return of the Living Dead. Okay. I love that one. Yeah, That great. one's amazing. And they, they burn everybody. The punk kid. They have the, like, and then the it rains like, yeah. and everything comes down. Yep. And at the very end, they're in the uh, the attic. Yep. And then they're bombing the place. Yep. Yeah. That's such a good movie. That's God. Great, Go watch the Returning of the Living Dead. And three, apparently. Three's good. I don't know about two because it's not on here. Um, number 11, The Dark Half. Oh, that's a good one, too. Oh, it's a Romero movie. Yep. 1990 film, uh, 1993 film by George Based A. On Romero. Stephen King book. <laughs> George Romero. Is based on Stephen King novel. It is about an author, Thad Beaumont, who writes serious novels under his real name and trashy money makers under the pseudonym George Stark. After Thad publi uh, publicly buries George, oh, I have seen this. Yeah. Um, the latter seems to return on his own accord. Yeah. So he basically kills himself off. Yep. But but the person he killed off comes, comes back. Comes back. Yeah. It's such a weird concept. It's cool. The book is fucking amazing, dude. Yeah. So despite the overplayed Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde trope at the uh, core of the story, the dark half manages to be solid, albeit underappreciated collaboration between two masters of horror. I have seen that one, yeah. and it is pretty freaking what? amazing. <laughs> what? <laughs> uh, number 10, Body Snatchers. So this is the third installment in the movie series based on Jack Finney's 1955 novel, Invasion of the Body Snatchers. The 1993 film takes place of an army uh, on an army base where aliens are quietly replacing the humans with clones. If you haven't seen the original, what was that, Donald Sutherland? Yep. Yeah, that was that was a good one. With the scream at the end? Yeah, like, yeah. Ah! Yeah, it's awesome. The pacing is fast, and there is much more violence and gore than in the 1956 original film. While the subject is the same, they are completely different stylistically. Body Snatchers is more of a traditional horror film yeah. than the other psychological thrillers of the series. 
Okay. Okay. Logan, we're talking to you on all these. Are there any? Oh, uh, I'm listening. I'm listening. Are these I'm on listening. any other lists? Are we doing this today? Oh, I did. It's not done normally like it normally is. We're on Ranker, and of course they give us the stuff. So this one is uh, number five fourteen of six seventy five. Of uh, the best movies, Roger Ebert gave four stars. Oh, wow. Number 31 of 70 of the best horror movie remakes. Okay. And number 33 of 58 on the best alien horror movies ever made. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, that's... Yeah, it's normally it's set up on the bottom. And now they have it listed like that. It's yeah. weird. Let's see. Number nine, Kronos. Oh, this was uh, Guillermo, Guillermo del Toro. Yeah. 1993. It's Guillermo, I believe. <laughs> Guillermo del Toro. Del Toro. Yes. Mexican horror it's film in 1983. Del Taco. <laughs> Del Taco. Dude, Del Taco is amazing. It centers on a device that grants immortality. As any horror fan knows, such power is as much a curse as it is a blessing. The story is original, imaginative, and well-composed, and it is surprising that uh, such a quality film created by a master of horror remains so underrated. I don't think I've seen this one. Yeah. I've, uh, I've caught, like, I think I've caught parts of it I don't think I've seen the whole thing and I don't really I don't really recall like you know what I, I couldn't tell you anything about it really but uh, I know it's supposed to be sort of like phenomenal well it's number 517 of 723 of the best horror movies of all time wow number 270 of 440 of the best movies of the 90s okay and number 63 of 102 of the 100 plus best movies streaming on the Criterion channel what the fuck is the Criterion channel it's like a movie thing <laughs> it's, it's really <laughs> thanks tell me more what was it when we were in fucking Target <laughs> you were like you, you had, we were like looking at Target or whatever the toys and you were like you asked me something else I was like hey it's you know I can't remember what the fuck. I don't, we're drinking a lot. I don't remember. <laughs> yeah, I have no idea. <laughs> it was funny as fuck. Number eight, Audition. I don't think I've heard of this. Oh, it's Japanese. Okay. This movie is fucking weird. Yeah. I've seen this movie. It says, okay, so ho holding a fake audition to help you pick a second wife is pretty shady. Even so, uh, Shigaharu Oriyama does not deserve what happens to him in this 1999 uh, Japanese horror. The atmosphere is tense and gritty in this film by Takashi Maik. Uh, Mike? I think it's Mike. Okay. Unlike his later film, uh, he did, oh, uh, he did Ichi. He did Ichi the Killer. Yeah. yeah, that's a fucked up movie. It's fucking brutal. Yeah. Audition is not overly. That should give you gory. an idea. Yeah. The film is artistically beautiful and truly terrifying. Something that no horror fan can there's, afford to there's miss. There's some. There's some spots in that movie where you're just like. Oh, in Ichi. Yeah, oh, yeah. No, in this movie. Oh, in this one. You're just like. Oh. Really. It's yeah. number three hundred of seven hundred and twenty-three of the best horror movies of all time. Damn. Wow. Number 147 good, of 440 of the best movies of the 90s. Number 42 of 139 of the best movies you never want to watch again. <laughs> That's okay. fucking crazy, man. Uh, by the way, have you guys seen, um, um, what is it, uh, Train to... Busan? Busan? Yes. I haven't seen it, but I've heard it's good. I heard it's pretty... I heard it's kind of a direct ripoff of uh, um, World War Z. Yeah. it. it yeah. But I, I hear it's awesome. It's supposed to be. Really I haven't good. seen it yet, Pretty though. Yeah, I was watching something the other day. Definitely we'll a re about that rewatchable. I haven't movie. heard much bad about it. So yeah, number seven on our list is Brain Scan. Brain oh, Scan is... is a 1994 movie involving a horror video game <laughs> in which the player movie. murders innocent victims and covers up his crimes. Yeah. With the game utilizing uh, hypnosis to create a realistic experience, it isn't surprising that twist the murders become real. Mm. With the plot centering around a teenage horror and gaming fanatic, the film is one of the first to explore the effect of violence in media on the youth. 
Despite the potentially dated nature of these themes, the film remains unique and well-written even to a modern yeah, audience. It's a pretty good movie. I don't think I've ever It's not on any lists. Doesn't say. Yeah, it's, I was going to say <laughs> there's no other lists. It's on no lists. No lists. Uh, number six, The Ninth Gate. Love oh, this nice. one. Yeah. Yeah, Johnny Depp, right? This is... Yes. This might be fucking... Uh, what's his name that we just talked about? Who's fucking what? The director? Yeah, what's his name? Uh, Bill. The no. guy Corman? that... Uh, Roger no, Corman? no, no, no. Uh, Steven Seagal. No, the guy that had... Bill Paxton. Rapes children, that guy. Oh. Ooh. <laughs> 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 oh. oh. What the uh, hell is... Uh, fucking... Um, Rosemary's Baby, that guy. I don't remember his name. Uh, I don't know, read it. I can't. Hold why on, am I blanking? Hold on, hold on. I'm right there with you. Now. Hold on. Uh, Polanski. Polanski. Ah. Polanski. <laughs> Polanski. I think this was Polanski. It is. Oh. Johnny wait. Depp stars in this underrated 1999 Roman Polanski, that fucking jerk film, returning to his horror roots, you know, A Nightmare on Elm Street. Depp plays a rare book dealer who is hired to seek out a particular text allegedly co-authored by Lucifer. Mm -hmm. There are many levels to this film, and the intricately interwoven symbolism continues to unfold even after watching it multiple times yeah hey, it's a pretty guess good what? movie guess what what i've seen this have yeah, you really you get right out of town no seriously I, uh, it's actually <laughs> no, really cool <laughs> he's, uh, no you get the fuck out of town <laughs> but no yeah i've actually seen this movie it's actually really good he's got like it's uh, good it's yeah, a good movie. it's really good yeah. movie. i like it i it, love johnny Depp. it is a psychological thriller with supernatural elements excellent cinematography and a brilliant score it is also number 826 of 1436 of the most rewatchable movies number right. nine of 54 in the best horror movies about the devil and number Eight of fifty-four in the best horror movies about cults and conspiracy. So it's highly nice. ranked. Very nice. Highly Very ranked. Very good. Very good. And again, if you uh, aren't aware, yes, Johnny Depp started off in A Nightmare on Elm Street. Yep. He gets, he's he the guy that gets sucked into the bed and, and the blood, blood goes everywhere. Yes, dude, it was so gory when I watched it. I was like, holy shit, they actually allowed this in what? In Nightmare on Elm. Street? You've seen it? Yes. Wow, impressive. <laughs> Number five. Here's a fuck that movie for you. I saw you. this in the theater, dude. It was amazing. Did you really? Oh yeah, I loved it's it. Strange Land. It's, oh. uh, it's strange. I'm going to say you've probably never seen this one. Logan. Yeah, never yeah. heard of it. Oh, it's good, dude. 19, D fucking Snyder. Yeah, 98 film is best described as creepy. A body modification artist lures teens via the internet and then kidnaps Captain Howdy and tortures them. Part industrial gothic, part weird AOL chat room. This film is 90s through and through. The acting is a bit cheesy. Yeah, it, the acting sucks. Save a cameo by Robert England, you know, yep. old Freddy Krueger himself. It's not Seven or Silence of the Lambs, but it's worth a watch if for no other reason. It's a good movie. I like it. It's a good time. The soundtrack is fucking phenomenal. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's D. Snyder from uh, Twisted, Sister. Twisted Sister. He actually like wrote and directed it, he didn't he? Did yeah, most of it. Yeah, it's he started fucking it too. weird, dude. He's like the main guy. Yeah, it's fucking weird. Uh, number. Uh, for Dead oh, Alive. This is one of my oh, favorite movies God. of all time, dude. Dead Alive. We've talked about this before. And it's Peter, Peter Jackson. Jackson. <laughs> Which is nuts to it's me. It's one of my favorite movies of all time. He's done so I much shit. I love this movie. His first movie is called Bad Taste. It's about aliens that come to the fucking come to Earth to take people and chop them up and put them in hamburgers and they run hamburger stands and shit. Holy shit. Really? It's fucking amazing, dude. I don't think I've seen that. It's super low budget, but it's, yeah. a, it's, it's, it's the awesome. best ones usually are. And this one, this is one of my favorites. So Peter Jackson directs this campy 93 horror comedy. It is reminiscent of Evil Dead 2. And while it isn't quite as good as that horror classic, it is definitely entertaining. The slapstick gore 
fest revolves around a man whose overbearing mother dies and then returns from the dead to infect the entire town so with good. zombies, a lawnmower, and a kung fu priest dead alive as all the elements. I kick ass for the Lord. <laughs> all the elements of a cult club. And it does. Like, I've seen it. It's The it's lawnmower goofy. scene where he's just fucking mowing people, literally mowing people down. It's so, so goofy. Fuck, it's so good, dude. It's number 791 of 927 of the all-time greatest comedy films. Nice. Nice. Number 207 of 440 of the best movies of the 90s. And right. 25 of 88 of the goriest movies ever made. Oh, that's brutal. Wow. Dude. That's pretty crazy. Number three is Vampires. This uh, John Car- Yeah, John Carpenter yeah, again. Yeah, yeah, Generally referred to as John Carpenter's Vampires, this 98 horror film is under... Valak is the guy. The, the, <laughs> yeah, who? He's the vampire. Yeah. Valak, I think his name is. Underappreciated gem starring James Woods and Daniel Baldwin. You know, the greatest of the Baldwins. <laughs> the film follows these vampire hunters as they face off against the ancient vampire Valak. Oh, there you go, yeah. The gory special effects are great. The story is well That's written. Good, I like it, dude. I, I, I thought it was movie. good. I thought it was good. And the vampires are convincing. They do not sparkle. And while the <laughs> film didn't reinvent the genre, it at least deserves the title "The Best Performance" by a lesser Baldwin. <laughs> That's awesome, dude. I, I like this movie a lot. I, I thought it was great, great. I thought it was a great movie. They're it's vampire one my, hunters. It's one of my it's one of my, uh, my more liked vampire movies for sure. Yeah, in the movie, they're vampire hunters, and their job is to go. They and go into houses and like the clear, clear out houses. They, yeah, they fucking have that truck where they with like, the big fucking. They uh, shoot. They shoot them with like the arrows, and then they fucking drag them out of the house. Yeah, what is shit. that thing? Like a harpoon? Yeah. And they tear out the walls. Yeah. So all the sun comes in on them and shit. And they yep. drag them out. Yeah, it's pretty awesome. Nineteen of twenty-seven of the nastiest decapitations in horror movies. We've discussed that uh, in other episodes. That wasn't a. Yeah, that wasn't yeah. a. Ninety-six of one twenty of the best nineties fantasy movies, and eighty-seven of two fifty-three of the best R-rated horror movies. Hmm. Yeah, I wow. don't know why it's on that list, but an eighty-seven. <laughs> I mean, it's good. Number Aren't two most horror movies rated R. This know. movie is fucking odd, dude. What is it? Cube. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's this like, movie, yeah, it was like th- Saw before Saw. Holy shit! Like you sit there and you're watching this and you're going, "What the fuck is going on?" Yeah, yeah. So number two is it's Cube. Good, it's good. You wake up in a sterile cube-shaped room with no recollection of how you got there. On each of the six sides of the room are passageways to other similar rooms. Oh, and most of the rooms happen to be death traps. This is the premise of this 1997 horror film that combines cerebral suspense with creative or creatively gory killings. Yeah, it's, six, it's a pretty good movie. And man. You, you, dude, you nailed it. It's Saw before Saw. Yeah, they did. Yeah, it's exactly what it is. Yep. Six characters work together or apart to try and get out of the mysterious cube alive. Any more explanation would ruin the element of mystery that makes Cube a must see, and the end of it is fucking crazy. Yeah, oh yeah. Number nine, 913 of 1,436, the most rewatchable movies. Number 31 of 183 of the Ooh. best and scariest psychological thrillers of all time. Nice. And number 10 of 60 of the best horror movies about evil experiments. Okay, okay. Yeah. What's number one on Not that too list? Not too bad. Well, what, Can you see number one? Do you guys want to... Think what number one is on this? I'm gonna guess it's Human 90s. Centipede. Yeah, I was gonna say the same thing. Human. No, centipede. not on this. I'm talking about. Uh, oh, the, which one? The experiment one. Oh, evil. Exp- it's got to be Human Centipede. You want to check it out? All right, yeah, let's see. What well, it does say is. best though. That movie sucks. All right, so this is the best horror movies oh, about evil experiments. <laughs> about evil experiments, and it number is, one is number one. The, the Fly. fly. Yes. Nice. Have you ever seen The Fly, Logan? Uh, I watched the first 30 minutes of it in school when we were talking about the worst evil experiments ever that happened on film. It was an English exp- uh, movie that we had. You to watch. guys watched The Fly? Yes. Not like 
Frankenstein no, or like the, Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde, like the classics? We, we, we had, sure it wasn't we, The Fly? No, it was The Fly. We was were, it the original Fly or yes, was it The Black Oh, White? okay. This oh, okay. is this okay. is a remake. Yeah. yeah, yeah no, it's the, the, the original. The, this uh, is the Jeff Goldblum. Yeah, Jeff Goldblum. Jeff Goldblum. Who now has his own show. Did you see that? No, I did not. Yeah, it's like Jeff Goldblum explains everything. Oh, yeah. I'd watch that. All right, number two. So what is this? 90s movies... This is ni- the best 90s horror movies that you have to watch. So what what are, other lists? Oh, dude, what other list is it on first? Okay, before we say what it is, yeah, it's number 176 of 245 of the best psychological thrillers of all time. Okay, okay. psychological thriller. 215 of 723 of the best horror movies of all time. Okay. Ooh. And number 76 of 125 of the best intelligent horror movies Oh. from the 90s. Okay. The 90s. What are we thinking here? Mm. Man, this could be anything, really. It's probably. And it's one Park. that's uh, they consider like under underrated that yeah. like most people need to see. I'm gonna tell you right now, it is in the mouth of madness. Oh, Wes Craven, right? No, John yeah. Carpenter. John, John Carpenter. Carpenter. Yeah, John Carpenter. Yeah. My bad, yeah. dude. This is a great one too. So this movie by John Carpenter has gone surprisingly unnoticed throughout the years, and it actually stars the uh, what the hell's his name. Da, 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 da. It's the same dude that's in fucking Event Horizon, uh, Sam Sam Neil. The guy that was, yeah, I think that's his name. That was in all the Jurassic Park movies and stuff. Yeah, it's Sam Neil, yeah. right? Um, the 1994 film tells the story of a famous horror writer wearing a black turtleneck whose writing seems to be more than pure fiction. Thematically driven, the film manages to unfold like a novel, paying homage to the art of horror writing. Simultaneously, In the Mouth of Madness is a scary as is as scary as any film out there, utilizing everything from shadows to gore to monsters Dude, to frighten this, the this audience. It's a great movie. It's good. Yeah. I thought it was good. So those are your movies for this week. All right? Logan needs to go and watch some shit, and so do the rest of you. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. if you haven't seen any of those movies, you know. We hope you enjoyed your ride with us on Cursed Movies. If you want more about curses... Join us oh. for this week's bonus on Patreon. We'll we'll be diving into the history of curses, popular curses, and the psychology behind curses. Oh. Next week's rec- regular episode is going to be taking us back into true crime, where we are going to be discussing a story that has an unfortunate connection to, well, my family. The Springfield Three and Larry Dwayne Hall, as well as the other guy you were talking about that's associated with that. Yeah. There seems to be a lot going on with that. And uh, Larry Dwayne Hall was a psychopath that may be responsible for up to 40 murders, including a young lady that literally used to babysit my wife. Wow. It's fucking crazy. That babysitter is still missing, and that walking butthole is still in prison. So join us next week, and we'll be talking about that one. Make sure to stop over to our official website, themidnighttrainpodcast.com. At our website, you can buy some super sweet merchandise. Super sweet! At our store, where you can... uh, you know, find our Duke of Finger Bum shirt. Yeah. Duke of Finger. I forgot about the Duke of Finger <laughs> The super popular Don't Be a DeSalvo shirt, the Switchblade wielding Jersey Raccoon shirt, hats, phone cases, and so much more. Now, listen, if you're feeling dirty after this episode, you know what can help you with that? What? Dr. Squatch soap. Oh, I've heard of them. Yeah. Because Dr. Squatch is changing the way men approach hygiene and women by providing all natural, high-quality, healthy products, bar soaps, hair cares, colognes, beard oils, and more that make you feel like a man and smell like a damn champion. All soaps and products are made right here in the U.S. using the finest all-natural ingredients, not cheaply made or harmfully mass-produced. You can get 20% off your first subscription. Just head on over to the midnighttrainpodcast.com forward slash sponsors. Or just, <laughs> or just go to our website and click on sponsors and then click on the banner and use promo code 
DSC Squatch 20. That's D as in dog, S as in Squatch, C as in cool. Now I'm not going to do the rest. Squatch 20 to get the best damn soap. And so it is awesome. I'm using now, I am using the, uh, it's, it's eucalyptus, uh, Greek yogurt. Oh yeah, that was good. Oh. It's good. It smells amazing. It's it's wonderful, and it opens up your 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 sinuses and all that. Uh, but don't get it in your eye. Ooh, oh, that bad. Probably not get any soap in your eye. Well, you know when you're washing or whatever. Is that Johnson and Johnson? You know? No tear. <laughs> is that how you wash your eyes? <laughs> you're like yeah. just taking the soap and e. <laughs> take your mascara off. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Makes sense. <laughs> so do us a favor and stop over to Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening right now because what I hear. Um, it sounds like Spotify now has a way to rate, I believe. Really? Yeah. So do us a favor. Give us a five-star review. And while you're there, like, follow, subscribe, and whatever the hell you can do over there. And you'll get each episode as they are released. And listeners keep asking how they can help keep the steam in our engines. Well, listen, if you like what you hear from us, consider being a producer of the show by heading over to the midnighttrainpodcast.com and clicking on the Patreon button or just go to patreon.com forward slash the midnight dream podcast for as little as five bucks a month. You can get all kinds of cool shit like custom shirts, custom posters, custom stickers, bonus episodes, and so much more. So if you're a diehard midnight train fan and you want to help produce this son of a bitch, our Patreon is for you. Most importantly, share the midnight train with everyone. Seriously, like just tell people Everybody. about the show, man. Seriously, just tell them about the show. Word of mouth is how we're going to get more passengers on this train and continue to bring you weekly episodes. Yep. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter at the Midnight Train OH, on Instagram at the Midnight Train Podcast, on TikTok at the Midnight Train Podcast, and on YouTube at, well, the Midnight Train Podcast. We can't thank you enough for all of the love and support we've received. You guys are absolutely amazing. We love you so much. You passengers honestly do keep the train moving. Thank you all so much for listening, and a very special thank you to our fearless Patreon poopers. You got that? Yeah. I was just, sorry. Gonna... To Stacy Luconan, Nicholas Cooper, Caitlin McKinney, Trent Scott, John and Kate Desjarnay. Desjarnay. Spencer Dunlap, Jacob Cook, Maggie Brothers, Albert Lopez, Miles Campbell, Brian Gunselman, Margaret Atkins, Colleen Cox, Pumpkin Escobar, Mac Doherty, Turner Cox, Sydney Sayer, Gina Madsen, uh, Janet Sherell, sorry, Janet, <laughs> Laura Randall, Chad Flint, Chris McLeod, Justin Kowalczyk, Rob Webb from the Fun Box Podcast. Chuck out the Pun Box. I said podcast. The Pun Box Podcast? <laughs> I said, I said, the, I said podcast. It's, it's the Pun Box Podcast. It's we the just, Fun Box Podcast. We sit podcast. around and make puns all night. It's Rob pretty is funny. Awesome. So make sure to check I out. I would definitely be in on that. Christina Skelton and Jessica Bartlemay from the Sister Skelton Podcast, Sisters. who sent us an amazing package. Saw that. God, I'm so happy Dude, to have our own. It's actually the sister's skeleton and not the sister's skeleton. The sister's skeleton. They, they sent us raccoons. They sent us, we have our own raccoon. Raccoon. Raccoons. They sent us, what do, you, what do you think about the raccoons? Juicy raccoons. Yeah, they're Jersey. And we have to figure out what to name them. Juicy raccoons. Yeah, we got to name them. Well, one of them is actually going to be on Milo's show. Oh. So he's going to be joining Milo we'll over there, and we're going to keep one here for our own. So that way, if anyone comes in here, we got to, you know, he's got a switchblade. He'll fuck him up. That's right. He will. Did you yeah. see, I posted, I, I posted that video of the two of them. Did you see that? Yeah. The guy yeah. was like, what's up? Yeah. 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 <laughs> like, threw his arms up like, yeah. So thank you ladies so much. Please check out the Sister Skeleton grazie, podcast. Grazie. Also to Maria Gibbs, Chainsaw. What the fuck? Jigsaw, Rick Resler, Courtney Bachelor, Katie Brabinick, and our boy, Bill Oh, Birch. good for you. <laughs> that would be Bill Birch. Oh, good for you. God, someone's 
freaking button happy. Oh, good for you. <laughs> so spread the word. And if you want your name to be mentioned on the show and for us to be forever grateful, listen, just become a Patreon producer like these amazing, cool people that we just yeah. mentioned their names. Yeah, those guys are a little bit cooler than you guys. Yeah. I mean, you guys are all cool. Yeah. Like you're Especially like you made it this far. You're like nine out of ten, but like Patreon, they're like eleven. That gets you to ten out of ten. Eleven. And and if you're really cool, and you're one of the Patreon that talks to us all the time, hangs out with us in the rooms and everything, you're an eleven out of ten for sure. Yeah, yeah. Say go again. <laughs> the fact that you started with the licks, the lip smack, just made it weird. If you do all that, that gets you to eleven. All right. Stay safe out there, passengers. And as shoot always. You, motherfuckers. <laughs> shoot you, <laughs> motherfuckers. Now go home and get your fucking shine box.